Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Uni Tanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, beer drinkers. Get ready for an all-new experience in information exchange and beer culture. Your only source, only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers from around the globe right to your home. You're not just listening to broadcasters. It's the Brewcasters. On the Brewing Network. John, I'm in really rough shape this week. You have beautiful eyes. Oh, my God. They're the color of the red felt hanging on our studio wall. They're going to bleed. I'm telling you guys, uh, I paid the price for some really good audio that I got for us this week at the Portland Beer Festival. Hey, take one for the team. I did. Uh, my liver actually took it for the team. It's doing its job right now because I'm still functioning. Yeah. But I'm serious. I'm in tough shape, and, and you guys are going to have to pick up the slack this week. Okay. Already, our, you know, usually uh, on Sundays, I am captain prepared. Like, I'm up at, uh, you know, the crack of noon and uh, got everything laid out and ready to go. By the time our guests arrive, I have, I've got everything so outlined and ready and, and organized that uh, it's almost like we know what we're doing here. Uh, this week, Arnie knocked on the door as I was waking up from my afternoon nap. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good first impression. Yeah, absolutely. I, I answer the door and I'm like, hey, Arnie, how do I look? <laughs> I'm thinking, man, uh, I, I, I figure I'll make up for it during the show. Yeah, you still yeah. got bedhead. <laughs> I do. Yeah, you do. Man, I, I, it's all that Oregon strong ale that I was drinking last night. Well, they you know. had, they had me out at, uh, a place called the Horse Brass, which is like, the place to be if you're a beer guy in Oregon, and uh, I, I was there just drinking until they closed. And, and, and your arm looks a little bent. Did you twisted. guys? Do you see what I got on my arm here, John? Yeah, Have you seen that? I got a tattoo <laughs> over the weekend while I was at the beer festival with your name on it, John. John. That is awesome. Uh, oh my god! You like that, don't you? I totally. I'm glad you mentioned that. Were you I passed out when that happened? It. No, I was awake. I actually asked for a tattoo with your name on it. <laughs> I got it all on tape. I, I I did an interview as I was getting the tattoo, and it's it's on the audio file that I'm gonna I'm gonna edit for you guys. That this is week. classic. Oh, oh man! So they John. not only twisted your arm to to make you drink all that beer. Yeah, they tattooed. <laughs> they also tattooed it while they were twisting it. I'm telling you guys, I haven't felt like this in a long time. You, well, well, you look great. Need a little dog hair. Uh, well, that's what I did yesterday from the night before. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I need a little hair of the dog. So, but then I just kept on going and going and. 
Uh, well, let's let's see if it works. You want to sip it this time? We're going to have to do the second time. I'm not ready yet. Okay. I'm, and I'm going to have to wait till about the middle of the show. I'm going to need a little encouragement from you guys at home to, uh, to to get me to drink some beer. It holds yeah. you down. Yeah, yeah. twist his arm again. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you what happened. I'll give you. A, a, I'm going to give you. I got lots of stories about it that I'll be telling throughout the show. But uh, just so you know at home what I'm talking about, I went to the. Uh, the Oregon Brewers Festival, uh, which is a four-day-long festival. I only went for two days of it, thank God, or or I'd be a lot worse than I am now. And there were 72 uh, brewers there, 72 different brewers uh, with um, probably 100 different beers on tap. Wow. And, uh, That's a lot more than last year. There was uh, tons of people, tons of people. I don't know the exact numbers, but they usually boast that like thirty to 50,000 people go through that festival in a weekend. So uh, I was one of those. <laughs> and what I did for you guys, uh, I, I, I'm telling you, I wasn't just all fun and games. I, I brought my microphone and, and recorder and just took interviews the entire time. I tried to chronicle almost the entire festival for you. I checked in every couple of hours. I pulled out the microphone. I interviewed brewers and magazine editors and guys from Hop Union and all sorts of stuff, and I'm going to edit. I've got over two hours worth of tape. I'm probably going to have to cut down to like a half hour. Uh, although I'll kind of leave it up to you guys at home. If you want a full unedited version, I might be convinced to to do that for you, although there's probably some stuff in there that should never air. You should uh, do it for kicks. <laughs> but it might be funny if I if I play the whole thing. But other than that, I'll make a downloadable file for you guys, and I'll, I'll probably broadcast the thing by next week, too. Okay. I got a lot of editing to do. <laughs> And, uh, it's tough. It's hard to be radio boy for two days straight. I'll tell you that. I like half of me, you know, when I'm talking to people like that, yeah. I really just want to hang out and, and, and be a nice person, right? That's kind of yeah. who I am. I just want to hang and be buddies with beer guys. But the other half of me, the part that needs information and needs to, to further the brewing network, I, I felt like I was kissing ass for two days too. You have to be really Good. like every person you meet is the coolest guy you've ever met, kind of thing, you know. And I, and I'm not saying I was fake because I wasn't fake at all. But they you definitely the, they weren't the coolest you ever met. <laughs> yeah, not every one of them. Whoops. Uh, but you you just have to be on top of it, right? So so I'm balancing tasting everybody's beer and then being completely coherent and on top of it and professional at the same time. Nice. It didn't always work. So did you slur at all in your talking by the end of the day? Last night's interview, I think, is fully slurred. How late was that? I, I probably started it at midnight, and I don't really know when I stopped it. That one might, might, Was that, it at a brass pub? Horse brass? It was at the horse brass. Oh, it might not classic. make the cut. Oh, I think it should. That was with Jim, the editor of Zymergy. So it's a, if it doesn't make the cut, it'll be a shame because he's a cool guy and had some good magazine information. And then it was with another brewer. His name is Skip. Uh, they call him um, uh, the Wookiee. Do you know who I'm talking about? <laughs> Have you guys ever seen this guy? Uh, they call him the Wookiee for a reason. Yeah. He's is the hairiest dude you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> He's got a hair helmet, and he uh, was already slurring, and then I just sort of caught up with him by the end of the interview. So It won't be hard to get an ad in Simon Regina. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. So I handed out our information. I tried to spread the Brewing Network word so that we can keep uh, growing and bringing you guys good radio, and then I, and I did interviews after interview after interview. So... 
I'll I'll get that done for you this week. If you have any questions, nice uh, as usual, call 888-401-BEER. You can ask us. Daniela is on her way, so she's not in the chat room yet, you chatties out there who are who are in there and, and wanting to talk to us. She's coming, so hang in there. She's running people off the road again? She is. She's uh, driving fast, and, and she's on her way. She'll be here soon. Uh, in the meantime, talk amongst yourselves and uh, call in if you have any questions, because that's the only way we're going to find you. We don't have any time to get into the chat room ourselves. Yeah. It's a bit difficult unless john wants we to got, spend his time not uh, really looking at, <laughs> uh, she might be calling me right now actually actually no jason's ringing my phone from b3 i hung out with the brew uh the beer beer and more beer guys there too cool. uh they they had a tent you guys uh the beer beer more beer was the only person with a homebrew tent at that festival yeah that's why we go you know and it's not like you guys are a bunch of brain surgeons or anything, yeah. but that's a smart thing to do. Yeah. I, you were the only homebrew tent at the biggest beer festival on the West Coast. Yeah. So good move on, on their part. And, you get a lot uh, of sales from there. They weren't working very hard, though. They were just I'm sitting sure. around. Dude. You sit down and drink beer. They were drinking beer and sitting Sell sh- T-shirts and look at beautiful women. And, that's, you know. that's all. No, it was all ugly people. The whole festival was full of ugly people. No, it's not. <laughs> How many beers did you have? <laughs> well, there, yeah, for a few beers, they wouldn't be ugly. Yeah, that's true. Also on this week's show, we're here with Arnie from Marin Brewing Company. Um, Arnie uh, was nice enough to join us. He's gonna he's gonna join us in our discussion, which is about yeast propagation this week. And uh, John, I I didn't do one bit of preparation for that, so it's between you and Doctor Scott right. and Arnie. There, I'm just gonna you know I'm gonna do my <laughs> usual. I'm gonna ask you a lot of stupid questions, and then you're gonna have to answer them. Okay, <laughs> we, 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 we'll do our best. Man, can you? I, it's a I, tough topic too. So, I I puked in the middle of the night last night, and my and my throat's <laughs> feeling it right now. Do you want this you want is some all water? Part, this is all part of the report, guys. Yeah, it's all part is, of my full. This is a good report. I have not yuked after drinking beer in years. Like it's just not something that happens. And as a beer guy, I pride myself in that. You, know, you got to be able to drink a lot of beer to be in the business, right? Well, how many strong? You're working on that gut too. I'm working on the gut. It was the strong step ale. back there. I He's think. at forty now. Oh man, what was <laughs> I? I was I was thirty nine last, last week, week, right? You're at forty. I'm probably at more like forty two or something. <laughs> 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 I think I added on like, yeah. but I did a lot of walking. You have to walk all over Portland to get <laughs> to the festival. I did a lot of walking. Right, so I'm hoping that I maybe balanced out the strong ale with a, with a few footsteps, you know what I mean? Yeah, work off those carbs. I probably didn't. No. How do I look, guys? Horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I took a lot of pictures, too. Uh, what's the word on the website, John? Is, is that ever going to you know materialize? There, there still are a few bugs left to fix. <laughs> What did you hear about that? Uh, last I heard, let me. G- I'll give you guys at home the same update that I have. Okay. I heard at, ab- uh, at about Tuesday that it was done. It was being tested. It's yeah. now Sunday. I've not heard anything else. What's well, up? There, there are a few bugs to fix. Really? Like what kind of bugs? Just some major bugs. <laughs> it doesn't even <laughs> exist, think, does it? I don't know. <laughs> okay. I'm being as polite as I can. Really? Yeah. You don't have to, you know. I know. <laughs> All I know is you're going to become a fine web designer the next two weeks. That's Jeff. right. Here's what I did. Uh, you know, we've been talking about getting this website up for you guys. And the main reason is so that we can, uh, for one, take on some sponsorships so that we're able to keep doing this thing. And two, put those archives up that you guys really want of all the past shows so that they're downloadable and you can listen on your own time. Uh, we've gone through several web designers. Not one of them seemed to be able to finish. We're on number four. I started doing it myself last week. And to be honest, it's not that difficult. I don't know what's wrong with these people. Like, it's not a hard thing to do. I designed our homepage. It's done. I've already completed our homepage. It's what's finished. up right now? It's finished. I never designed a website in my life. 
It's no, not the one that's up, but uh, it's still on my computer. I have to add all the links to it and right. get the, the the archive section working. Right. But I actually designed the homepage in a couple of days, and I'm a computer retard. I'm an idiot, and I did this thing. Well, the the one that we're having built, yeah. it, it has programming behind it. You're right. So we're going to be able to edit it at will anywhere in the world. So that's what's going on. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's the tough that's, part. That's what's buggy about it. That's bugginess. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and guess that I'll be finished designing it myself before we ever see a website from I will buy else. you a glass of water. <laughs> buy me one now, okay. <laughs> if you don't mind. It's coming, though, guys, as usual. I, I can't give you a time frame. I put that up on the website the other day that I, I refuse to set a date anymore because I don't want to shoot ourselves in the foot. But uh, I started doing it myself. So if it goes to show you our ambition around here and that at least we're trying to get it done, I'm, I'm a firm believer in the if you if you want anything done right, you got to do it yourself. So True that, I bought one of those web design for dummies books. You know <laughs> what I'm talking about? The yellow dummies books that like they teach you everything. You can learn how to grow cocaine and all that. Yeah. Uh, you just buy a dummies book. <laughs> they work. I, I'm, I'm, I'm halfway through it and I got our homepage done. I so never, I, never, <laughs> I never saw that one. <laughs> you need to see the coca leaf uh, no. dummies book book it's a good one i got it in my library i'll let you borrow it if you want okay <laughs> my hop plants are looking good speaking of uh cocaine i don't know what the relation is there but my, man do my hops look good they're huge i didn't expect the uh the actual buds to be that big but they're huge when, when are you gonna brew uh, i don't know <laughs> i've not brewed since may you believe that? It's You're been slacker. since May. I was brewing twice a week until we started this silly program, and uh, now I've not had a chance to brew since Wait, May. Wait, that nasty carboy I cleaned of yours was, uh, s- was sitting around that long? Yeah, well, it, yeah, yeah. That's how long. He gave me this carboy. I've <laughs> never seen anything that nasty. Yeah. Orange and stuff, huh? It, it, was, it was caked and nasty and thick. He goes, can you clean that? Yeah, I can clean it. So, yeah, yeah. you got a nice new looking one now. Oh, it looks great. It still looks great. But I didn't know. I thought you had just brewed in it, but not like two no, months, three months. No, it was months ago. <laughs> but now I could brush my teeth in the thing. It looks awesome. Yes, you could. <laughs> it looks really good. If you need any carboys clean, send him a doctor. <laughs> it's funny because well, he said you know on one of our shows when we were talking about he has a he has a carboy and keg cleaning mechanism. He just attaches it to his hose and it power washes it. And he was boasting, you know, hey, I don't scrub anymore. I hate to scrub, and so I don't. Don't scrub. And here I go giving him a carboy that he has to scrub. <laughs> like, I, hey, I, I just scrub it a little bit because this was that was probably the nastiest carboy I've ever seen. Come on, well it wasn't done. that bad. Well done. It was nasty. <laughs> really? That tr- that true bring was just yeah. It was a it's, good six inches around and, and yeah. a quarter inch thick. I its think. growth had growth on it. Oh, it's how nasty. bad it was. Was there orange stuff growing? If I, I recall, I, I, yeah. I don't remember. It was, yeah. it was just it was yeah. I think so, <laughs> hi Daniela. She's hi, uh, entered the Say studio, hi. so uh, you're going to get your chat room uh, uh, organizer. She's about to go in there. Thanks for making it. Did you run anybody off the road to get here? Of course, I had to. She's, you had to? Give her the microphone there. Was it uh, Stupid American Day again? Of course. It's Sunday, <laughs> and it's the Bay Area. Yeah. Everybody's just stupid. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> did you take the BART today, or did you drive all the way from San Francisco? I drove all the way from San Francisco. Uh-huh. Was it the Asian drivers? Is that what? No, the it was, was the American drivers. <laughs> Caucasian Americans. Americans. Stupid white Americans. Oh yeah, stupid white <laughs> men. Seriously. Well, we're glad you make it. Please join the chat room so that your fans in there can join us. Please. Also, it's eight 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 four zero one beer. If you don't know how to get to the chat room, there's a big button on the homepage that says chat now. Click that. Don't bother registering. Just sign in as a guest and put two numbers after whatever n- name you pick. Did you see my tattoo, Daniela? 
I got one on my arm right here. I got John's name with a heart and a dagger tattooed to my arm. I did that for John. I did not think that you could get any worse. <laughs> but you just did. You surprise me every day. I think that's good, probably. And what is that white tag on your arm? Is that your beer tag? Yeah, you have to wear this in order to uh, get beer at the festival. I thought that was for your emergency room. You look room like shit. <laughs> <laughs> just everybody out there should know he looks like shit. Yeah, I'm You really bad. look like shit. Thank you, Danielle. I bet he feels like shit, too. <laughs> I'm not taking off my Brewers Festival tag. I'm going to wear it like a badge of honor. I'm going to make you take it off no, tonight. No, I'm going to wear it and until the next festival next year why uh, because it's a badge of honor and i and i earned it me and my liver both earned it yes. <laughs> so i'm gonna wear it i'm actually surprised you survived it <laughs> so am i <laughs> he's not survived only. it yet he's yeah. not out of the woods that's right i gotta get through this show with you guys yeah uh, you do so if it's a little more disorganized than usual i don't care <laughs> Hey, let me do a little bit of news. I don't have a lot this week. I just got one story, and I want it to spawn a discussion because it makes me angry, this particular story. Uh, there wasn't a lot of weird, wacky beer news happening. Uh, 30,000 cans of Bud Light spilt on the freeway in Arizona, but uh, that's it. That's the whole story. Uh, but I, I do have another story, and the story is it's about beer advertisements. And you guys know what I'm talking about when this controversy comes up where you're, you're not allowed to do beer ads during certain programs. Um, until about a year ago, liquor companies weren't allowed to do commercials at all, uh, which is actually what spawned the malt beverage industry, like the Bacardi Silver. Right. Uh, they didn't produce Bacardi Silver because people were dying for, for um, another, you know, malt another malty beverage. Uh, those companies like Bacardi uh, invented their malt beverages just so that they could advertise the name Bacardi <laughs> because you're allowed to advertise beer and malt beverages, but you weren't allowed to advertise liquor. Like, for example, you would never have seen a Grey Goose commercial uh, you know, on television because it's actually illegal. Although I think they just made it so you can now advertise your your alcohol, your liquor, so they might do away with all that crappy malty beverage. I was going to say, we won't be able to get our Bacardi <laughs> yeah. malt beverage fix <laughs> yeah. anymore. Yeah. The joke of the weekend when you, when you, when we went up to the festival counters to get beer was, was to ask for a Bacardi silver. <laughs> hey, you guys got a Bacardi silver back there? And just look at the volunteers with like deer in the headlights like, looking what at did you. you just say? Yeah. Yeah. We wanted to walk through the festival with one of those 22 ounce Coors Light silver bullets <laughs> and see have. what kind of reaction we got out of the festival. <laughs> goers but they wouldn't let you bring beer in so i couldn't do it but if we were a, if we were a television show instead of a radio show that would have been great video right there me walking through a beer festival with a tattoo with a, of my name and a can of Coors light <laughs> <laughs> the news story i have uh is actually from portland and um Budweiser, I'm just, I'm not gonna read it to you, I'm gonna give you the gist. Budweiser put up a billboard that was of water sports happening, all sorts of jet skiing and boating and stuff with a big bottle of beer in the background. And basically a boat full of drunk people, uh, got somebody killed over the weekend. The guy fell out of the boat and got chewed up in the prop. And oh. so now there's this big outrage up in Oregon about whether or not they should be allowed to have beer advertisements promoting things like water sports, right? Okay, hmm. this is this is where I get pissed off. Okay, <laughs> uh, because uh -oh. it, whatever happened to accountability and responsibility? All of a sudden, it's Budweiser's fault for putting up a billboard promoting water sports that this this idiot got drunk and fell out of the boat. And I apologize to his family, but the guy's an idiot. You know what I'm saying? If you fall out of the boat because you're drunk, it certainly wasn't because you saw a Bud Light billboard, right? right. So uh, where do we draw the line between people being 
being responsible for their actions and, and advertisements and companies being responsible. Hmm. What do you guys think? Come on, help me out here. Well, John, you don't I, care either way, do I, you? I, well, <laughs> not really. <laughs> I don't know. I just have a problem with companies being held accountable for stuff that they didn't really do. Well, they're promoting something like a good time. You know, uh-huh. they're not promoting some jackass falling off of a boat. So Absolutely. I see your point, you know. And is it Budweiser's and, and this is truly a question, and I'm asking this to you folks at home if you want to call in too, eight 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 four oh one beer. Is it the beer company's fault that somebody took the, you, you know, that somebody while doing water sports fell out and got hurt? Like, did that happen just because the guy saw a billboard with some jet skiers on it and a can of Bud and said, hey, now that looks like fun. I've got to drink a beer and get on my jet ski and go get hurt because right. the, because beers. the billboard nobody was wants there. to get hurt right. though exactly or, you know it could have just been an accident too. it, it yeah. could have just and that's what I'm saying Doctor Scott it could have just been an accident yeah, nothing to do yeah yeah so uh, uh, he was pushed what do you think uh, should should beer companies be limited in the in the amount of advertising they're supposed to do like that Doc give me an answer mm, let's see mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well they I think they are to a point okay uh, you don't see. You know, guys cruising down the highway and uh, popping a six pack in the back of the back of their car and, and ripping up and down the road and okay. throwing beer cans out. I they're having a good time. That's true. <laughs> uh, but they they they're pretty responsible on, on that kind of thing. They don't show a bunch of kids sitting around the backyard drinking Daddy's Budweiser. Right. Yeah, that's true. We right. all we all did that. Right. So, yeah, we but did. so they're not they're not promoting things that they shouldn't. I think they're being fairly responsible. Like John said, they're they're sh- they're promoting a good time and it also says drink responsibly yeah Yeah. well they've now replaced the billboard the end of the story goes with with drinking responsibly billboards so now instead of it saying budweiser it's like a don't drink and boat campaign or something which you know what i'm talking about here is a little bit of common sense okay so if you don't know that you're not supposed to drink a case of budweiser and then go drive your boat you're probably gonna die soon anyway Right, because you're an idiot, <laughs> and you're gonna. It's uh, I like to call it natural selection, Doc. Uh, you, you being a doctor, uh, maybe know a little bit about natural selection. I think that stupid people killing themselves is part of the natural selection it's, process. It's culling the herd, <laughs> yeah, it makes the rest of the population that much more healthy. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So anyway, that's my thing. I just don't think that these companies should be held accountable for uh, you know putting up a sign and, and then somebody trying to make a buck too. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But you know the people sitting at home, these watchdog organizations who have nothing better to do, they need somebody to blame because it's it's not uh, it, it takes too many brain cells to say hey humans do stupid things and a lot of us are stupid and 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 get in boats after drinking a case of beer. It's easier to say. Budweiser is a big evil company, and le- and and they shouldn't be allowed to put billboards up there. Well, you they know? can because they can afford to. Yeah. You know yeah. how many other breweries can do that? I'm sh- I'm sure if Marin Brewing Company could, or I'm yeah. sure they would. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I mean. Yeah. Let's talk about that, Arnie. Do you have a uh, drink and boat campaign going on? <laughs> <laughs> we're working on it. You know, we're we're right across from the uh, the bay right there, and so we right. we have lots of boating going on, and uh, we're working on that campaign. I'll, g- I'll get Good. back to you. Yeah. With that. Let me know <laughs> next time you come in. Bring us some billboard copies. Home Depot afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. I'll tell you. You know, the rest of the country makes fun of us. Um, well, for several reasons, but one of the reasons that the the rest of the world makes fun of our country is that. Uh, 
because of our we're, we're so lawsuit happy and we like to blame people for things that were really our own fault like that uh you know the the most famous lawsuit i think in the world right now uh is is uh, it happened a few years ago but the woman who sued mcdonald's yeah. for giving her a hot cup of coffee right well, well, it, was, yeah. it was really hot she had, she had it in between her legs that she's driving and it spilled yeah. yeah and she had to have plastic surgery and skin grafts oh god forbid there. you have a scar down there it's kind of a scar. But yeah, she blamed that one. Now, and and she won the lawsuit. And since then, if you buy a cup of coffee from Starbucks or McDonald's or anywhere else, it has to have a big hot sign on it. Yeah, it says caution. Yeah, caution, hot. Yeah. Which I'm really glad because I wouldn't have figured out that ordering a cup of coffee would have been a hot well, beverage. Well, you well, idiot. M- McDonald's actually <laughs> superheats their coffee. Do they? Yeah. Yeah, up, up and above, well beyond any palatable human could drink. <laughs> so I, was I mean, that what the lawsuit was based on? Was it I superheat? I think that's probably helped it win. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can remember one time I was reading the newspaper in McDonald's in the morning. Uh-huh. I had a cup of orange juice and a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And I look and I had a cup of sip of coffee and it was pretty hot. So I put it down and I kept drinking the orange juice. And then when I made the mistake and I thought I grabbed the orange juice, I grabbed I drank a big gulp. Oh. oh. Ouch. I, I spit coffee all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> and people were just looking at me, trash my newspaper, burning the hell out of my mouth. Yeah. Wow. I should have sued. You should have <laughs> sued. Hey, you wouldn't have to be sitting here with us idiots if you had sued. <laughs> no, because the first thing that went through my mind was, I'm an idiot. <laughs> and that's the first thing that should go through your mind. That's my point. Let me show you the art of uh, driving with coffee. Okay. You turn the mouth of the lid away from your crotch. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And, and John, I've learned the hard it. way. You're I, no I, brain surgeon, and no, you know that. I know that. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. Uh, people need to be the, the 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 bottom line about this advertisement and about these silly lawsuits is that people need to hold themselves accountable and not a pe- not enough people are willing to say you know hey uh, I'm human and I do dumb things mm-hmm. you know and they and they need to start saying Shit that happens. I say it like six <laughs> times a day actually <laughs> what, do you, what do you say six times a day uh, that I'm human and I do stupid oh, things I thought you were like I'm an idiot yeah <laughs> no I say that like good eight or nine times a day <laughs> just the human thing I say six times a day <laughs> I think it's important to know that you're not perfect and it's important that you remind yourself several yes. times a day that you're not perfect because <laughs> you don't need to be walking around thinking that you're God's gift to uh, beer or anything else because you're not because you're not <laughs> that's right Arnie might be he's brewing some good beer over yeah. there but the rest of us aren't you know we're getting there that's why we're interviewing him <laughs> yeah yeah all you right, gotta help us out. Uh, I gotta get a glass of water, guys. Because right. um, I, you should I, pass out. He's all sweaty. <laughs> I got like pale a frog looking. in my throat. Can we open and, that um, door? Uh, I don't know. If we do, we're gonna hear the sound of like traffic. Okay. Yeah. Sweat it out, John. Holy Come on. Pie. I don't want to hear you complain. What'd you do last night? Uh, Slept. I went to Yoshi's. Oh, you did? Yeah. It's all It's all Jingo Reinhardt. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. Classical Spanish music. So you didn't? Did you drink a lot? Or, you, or no? No. I had a couple anchors, and that was about it. That's it. Yeah. We're drinking John's homebrew today in the studio. It's a uh, anchor clone. It's my Is version of a it? steam beer. It's a steam beer. Yeah. It's a great beer. It's really uh, like a mild pale ale. It, it goes down real smooth, and it's Good actually lady. don't call it steam beer. No. Well, I, you can't. Well, oh, yeah, I, I you're did right. It's a trademarked process. That's true. Anchor owns the trademark but on steam. I tried beer. to replicate their brew process. Yeah. So I did a step mash. Okay. My first step mash. And then instead of using the lager yeast at like high temps, 58 to 60, yeah. I used the ale yeast about 58 degrees. Okay. I just reversed it. Okay. Arnie, what do you think? You're allowed to tell them it's crap. Oh, it's very tasty. Yeah? Very nice. Good job, John. Thanks. Appreciate it. We're lucky it lasted. It's only still here because I went away for the weekend. Because oh, yeah. no. it got said, in the kegerator a few days ago. John, John says, well, no, he sends me an email. No need to bring beer this time. Yeah. I've, I've got a uh, keg on tap over there at the studio. It was a weekend. Yeah. And, and this is like... 
a week ago. Tuesday? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what it got. I mean, Tuesday. It's not going to be there one week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I actually specifically told John, I said, well, you you can bring it over because I won't be here for a couple of days, so the beer still will be when you get it on Sunday. Well, you're so. my friend. <laughs> you're my friend. Thanks for the cake, John. Yeah, you're welcome. All right, let me take a little break, get myself a little water so I can stop sounding like a frog. Uh, go to the chat room, talk to Daniela, send us your questions. We're going to do a discussion on yeast propagation when we come back. Uh, we're going to do it with Arnie, and then we're going to find all about Marin Brewing Company a bit later on the show too so it's the brewing network 888-401-BEER or go to the forum on the homepage. we'll be right back you're listening to a bunch of guys talk about beer the brewcasters on the brewing network all right i got my water and uh, we got a little air flowing through the studio. I think I'm ready for the second half, guys. Are you ready? You I'm look, ready to you go. Look better. Do I? Yeah. You're lying. You're, actually, your eyes are wider. See? I'm, I'm ready. I recover quick. I'm, I'm, this is going to be the best show we've ever done, guys. Yes. We got Arnie here from Marin Brewing Company, and uh, he's going to make it happen for us. Yes. Uh, we're about Bring to, it home, Arnie. <laughs> we're about to talk about yeast propagation, which is something that I know zilch about, folks, and, and that's good. That's why I do the show, because I'm, I'm trying to make myself a... A better brewer and help you guys at home. You need while a I'm brew. I do. <laughs> Daniela, you're going to brew next weekend, aren't you? That was the rumor anyway. You're going to brew your first beer when, like Saturday or something? Well, I'm planning on brewing on Saturday. It depends on you, though, because I might need a little bit of help. No, that, that's your second beer. But right? I don't want to buy a kid. Beer. I want to design my own recipe. I'm not going to buy a kid. Okay. How are you going to do that? You don't know how to design a recipe. No, I'm going to read. Don't pretend that you can hang with the big boys, Daniela. Who is a big boy again? <laughs> John is. <laughs> That's why I got his name tattooed to my arm this week. Because <laughs> he's one of the big boys. How come you didn't get my name tattooed? Because that wouldn't have been funny. <laughs> I mean, it would have been nice and everything, but it wouldn't have been funny. Getting John's name tattooed. Your tattoo just looks funny. stupid. What are you talking about? It's, a, it's one of those classic heart and a dagger, you know, through it. Because, John, it, it hurts me, my love for you. It's what kind of... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I think I can do it tonight. I'm my, sorry. my liver hurts for you. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, you are going to brew your first beer, though, Daniela. That's, that's she, a good idea. She doesn't want to talk to you. No. She <laughs> All right, go back to the chat room. You can talk to the, to the chat people then. <laughs> you don't want to talk to me. <laughs> go to the chat room if you want to ask questions about our upcoming discussion, which is starting within seconds about yeast propagation. Just enter the chat now button and... Uh, Punch in a name and two numbers after it, and that'll do it for you. Okay. And then later on, you're going to be able to ask questions uh, to, to Arnie from Marin Brewing Company, who's hanging out with us today. All right, guys. Uh, it's your discussion. Let's start talking yeast. All right. What do we got here? We're, when, we're, when we're talking about yeast propagation, we're talking about growing your own yeast, right? Right. Let me make sure I'm at least clear on that. And identifying ale or lager yeast. So. Uh, okay. Because there are just the two strains. We're either talking about ales or, or lagers. One is a top fermenter. One's a bottom fermenter. Right. And uh, you can actually go get your favorite beer and and propagate yeast out of the bottom of that bottle, can't you? Yes. So, some of them. Some, some not of all of them. them? What about Budweiser? If you buy a bottle of Budweiser, can you, no, you, no, no well, yeast in there, no, huh? No chance. It's too clear. It's too filtered. Is that what it is? It's there's no yeast in there. It's they the pasteurize cleanest it too, beer there is. Yeah, they do pasteurize it. And it's the cleanest that there is, really. Why would they do that? Yeah, actually, it's this is kind of funny. When uh, sometimes when we're uh, trying to dilute a really thick yeast in the brewery, 
we will actually go get a couple of quarts of Budweiser and dump it right in with the yeast no kidding. to dilute it down so we can get it out of the vessel and get it into the fermenter. Really? Yes, because uh, technically Budweiser is the cleanest beer out there. And Okay. And, uh, so if you put another beer in there, you would, you'd be putting other yeast in. Right. So that's why you use Possibly, Bud. Possibly, yeah. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Well, that's an interesting little tip right yeah. there. Use I Bud. I no idea. You know what Budweiser is good for? I'm going to tell you this. It's, cooking. It's good for cooking. You know, you can cook good chicken with Budweiser instead of instead of pouring barbecue sauce all over it. Although you you, you should still marinate your chicken in in a barbecue sauce thing, but uh, pour beer over it, pour Budweiser over it the whole time you're cooking, and man, that chicken will come out good. It's it's good for rinsing your brewing equipment too. <laughs> really, <laughs> apparently. Yeah. So will you go out and buy like a twelve pack of Bud to rinse your equipment or what? Yeah, why not? <laughs> Wait, why is it good for rinsing? It's clean. Let's uh, uh, so say you want to get rid of the. You're using chlorine or something. Right. And you want to rinse it off. Uh, you, know, you don't want to use tap water. Yeah. Okay. Your buddy just left a twelve pack, a half a twelve pack over at your house. Yeah. What else are you gonna do with it? That's uh, awesome. I'll it's, tell you what. If your buddy leaves a half a twelve of Budweiser, that's no buddy. That's no friend right there. <laughs> well, it is. Rather than having having bitch about your beer and how yeah. he can't drink it, and yeah, he yeah. brought his own. Yeah. Shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> you probably drank all your good beer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, that. <laughs> okay. So, but you can take other beers, like usually your craft beers that aren't filtered so much and that aren't pasteurized, uh, and you can, you know, pick your favorite one and actually try to get the yeast out of the bottom of that to propagate too. How else do you propagate yeast, guys? Well, shit. What's, what's, you use inoculation. You have to start with yeast. Right. You can't just invent a yeast. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But if you're getting yeast from a bottle, how yeah. would you get it from the bottle? Uh, that's just pour the beer out that you're using. Sanitize the top before you open it. Okay. Uh, pour out into a glass what you're going to drink. Leave a little bit left in there. You can add to that one or you can put pitch it into some more wort and then grow it up from there. Slur, slur, slurry it around in mm. there and, and get it to come out. How many how many yeast cells do you need to propagate a good quantity of yeast? Is just, will just one do it if it starts multiplying? Yeah, that's all you need is one yeah. good cell. Yeah, but you got to step it up slowly. You can't dump it into two to five gallons of beer. You got to start with you know fifty milliliters. Okay, move up to a hundred. 150, and then bigger, bigger and bigger. Yeah, they step the, it up. the rule is you can go about 10, 10 times. 10 times, yeah. That's what I do. Time, yeah. I do about 10 okay. times. And you just keep upping it. You always go 10 yeah. times. 50 milliliters into 500 milliliters. Okay. Into 5,000 milliliters. Would you, gotcha. So would you do one yeast cell for a 50 milliliter flask? or? Well, you'll, you get more, you'll get more than that. Now, are you drawn right from the actual Petri dish? And you're just well, no, we're talking about out of the bottle. Okay. But you, you can pull it out of the Petri dish. But, if you, but if you grew up a healthy colony on a Petri dish. Well, that's more than one cell. Right, okay. I would scoop the, I would off the petri dish. I would scoop a nice looking colony, the whole thing, and then swirl it into the wort, and that'll be a good way to start. I've done that before. Okay. Okay. And why would you, uh, aside from it, it being your favorite beer, and you, you kind of want those qualities? Why would you propagate yeast instead of going and buying a vial of White Labs or whatever else? It's one more thing to do because you can. Yeah. Just <laughs> because you can. Yeah, this fun. this that's cool about this hobby is you can take it as far as you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to. Grow your own wheat and hops and everything. Grow your own what? Wheat and hops. Oh, and wheat. Wheat, hops, barley, malt everything. Mm-hmm. And do everything yourself. You can. Okay. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to do Good all luck. that. Good luck. No. <laughs> 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 I'm a but, farmer. <laughs> yeah, you can do all that or you can just buy a kit. Right. And do it the easy way. Put it way. in the, what's that, what's that, what's that, what's that beer in a bag thing? 
Yeah. The Mr. Beer Kit? Mr. Yeah, Mr. Beer, Mr. Kit. Beer Kit. A lot of guys. You know what? We ought customers. to do that just for a show, just because I think it'd be interesting to do, is buy a Mr. Beer Kit. We and, should all brew one. And, and brew one and see how it comes out. I bet it would improve my beer. Where, where, do, you, where do you get one? I don't know. Can't get those at B3? You guys Costco? don't sell Mr. Beer? No. No? No. I think you can get it at like Walmart. Yeah. Walmart. And BevMo. Go. I've seen them at the, at the old BevMo, our old friend. Stale beer mo, you can <laughs> you can get the yeah, well it's probably stale beer kit yeah. mo too yeah yeah <laughs> um, one one thought about um, bottles if you're gonna propagate from a bottle you gotta make sure that the yeast is in there is not been pasteurized and killed off and if you do a viable yeast uh, it might not be the fermenting yeast mm-hmm. it might be just the lagering yeast that they use they, a, lot, they, a lot of times uh, when they do bottle conditioned beers they use a separate yeast uh, for the bottle conditioning process it's not the one that does the, they'll, they'll the filter fermentation it. they'll filter it out and then usually a lager strain after that really interesting huh. so it would be good to Try know that if it was a, it, it'd probably better not to get a bottle conditioned beer if you want to take their yeast Yes, well, it's better yes. to get the bottle conditioned beer, but yeah. you just want to know what, what yeast is in there. Okay. Uh, There's a website, I don't know, I saw it a long time ago, that they had all the beers in the bottle, mm-hmm. a lot of the Belgians and things, and what they believed were actually the true fermenting yeast in the bottles and that you could propagate it from those bottles. Okay. So it's out there. Right. Google it or something, and, and you can find the big exhaustive list on what bottles would be a good one to try it with. Okay. That kind of ties into what we were talking about last week, but you were saying bottle conditioning, is it better for your beer long-term? Absolutely. If you you have the uh, fermentation going on in the bottle, um, it's basically nothing else is probably going to live in there or not much else is going to live in there. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's kind of alive. The the yeast will scavenge any oxygen that's in there, Mm -hmm. and uh, the beer should have a longer shelf life for sure. Interesting. Now, would you use a dry or a liquid yeast for bottle conditioning, or does it matter? Um, I probably wouldn't use dry unless I'd really propped it up. Um, okay. Um, I'd use something that I that I was sure was healthy and and that I'd recently propped up or you know had a healthy amount of for sure. Have you, do you guys do some bottle conditioning in at Marin? Uh, not for the public. I do bottles uh, just for us of, of the Belgian beers and for friends to hand out. Um, okay. So I've done a little bit of it, and I do it very homebrew style. I put it into a, put the beer into the corny keg with a little bit of sugar or wort and, mm-hmm. and some fresh yeast, and then just bottle out of a corny keg with a hand counter pressure bottler. And it's okay. Very labor intensive, and that's why I don't do it for everybody. <laughs> gotcha. That makes sense. Um, I'm curious with the adding yeast. If you're gonna if you're gonna bottle condition, I had problems with. Uh, we had talked about it before. I had a gusher once that just went crazy. So, how are you keeping the yeast under control when when you when you're adding new yeast to your bottle conditioned beer so that it carbonates? Uh, how are you keeping it from going nuts and 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 re fermenting more than just carbonating the beer? Is that a measurement or it's just that the sugar's gone? It's more about how much sugar you're adding at that point for the bottling, I think, that's going to cause that. And also being clean about your process, and therefore nothing else is going right. to uh, take off in there. I forgot to wash my hands after I peed that time. I oh. got the gusher. <laughs> well, so what do you mean that, that time? time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking that that might have been the problem right there. Your, does the final gravity play a key, like a role in it, you think, or...? Um, it can if you know if the if the beer's ferment if if it's fermented out as far as it'll go uh, with its regular fermentation, um, that that should be it. Unless you're using a different yeast, possibly for the bottle conditioning, okay. that will uh, if it's a lager yeast, it'll it'll take in one more uh, sugar and might ferment a little further. 
Right. But otherwise, it should have already gone to its limit and should only ferment the sugar you're putting in for the actual conditioning process. So basically, it should be self-limiting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. That's kind of what I So mean, either you, know. you had a contamination or you gelled and put too much sugar in there. Right, right. Clean, clean, clean. If I put too much sugar in, it's your fault, John, because I bought a pre-measured packet from beer, beer, and more beer. Couldn't have been that, though. No. Nah. Oh, it could have been that. It's always a brewer's <laughs> fault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> always your fault. I got a couple questions from the chat room, uh, one off topic, one sort of on topic. Uh, they want to know, is there anything you should be concerned about when brewing with multiple yeast strains? And I assume they meant putting, you know, a couple different strains in one batch. Um, I haven't done a whole lot of that, but uh, a lot of times it's just trial and error. Um, sometimes okay. one yeast one yeast will be more dominant and will take over and do most of the fermentation. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of commercial brews out there do use mul- multiple yeast strains. A lot of the Europe- okay. a lot of the Europeans, uh, the the English brewers will do that. Okay, but uh, I don't have a whole lot of experience at it myself. Okay. But for the most part, you're probably just, uh, like Arnie's saying, you, you don't want them to compete with each other. You want them to complement each other. So through a little bit of trial and error, uh, you're going you're gonna to find that out. You're obviously probably not going to put a lager and an ale yeast in a beer, right? Well, no. N- okay. I just, but could I, you? Because like, they're pretty clean. Yeah, but you've got different temperature yeah. issues. Uh, yeah. Would you want to store your beer cold, though, if you did use a lager yeast? Well, the for thing, well for, no, we're talking about fermentation. Oh, okay. Yeah, if we're doing fermentation... You do it too high for the ale yeast and the lager yeast is gonna, it loves it at that temperature, but it's gonna give off a lot of funky flavors. And if you get it too cold, you know, down to where the lager yeast will work, the ale, ale yeast will go to sleep. Right. So you're just kinda canceling each one of them out. Uh, this last brew I've got going in there right now, I mixed two of my starters together. Mm-hmm. So I decided on the other conical to go with a whole different Yeast. I had two big starters going. I was going to pitch one into one Conoco, one into the other. And I decided that I wanted to go with a San Francisco lager in the other one. So I made another starter for that. And I actually had two big starters. So I just dumped them both into the one Conoco. Nice. And, uh. Was that for your Belgian triple? No, that was for my, uh, classic American Pilsner. Oh, nice. So we'll see how that comes out in okay. a couple of weeks. Give us an update about okay. that then. Okay. Uh, I'll bring in a keg. We'll see. All yeah. right. Bring in two, Doc. <laughs> well, uh, I have two. We're going to compare them. <laughs> I got another question, a little off topic. Uh, when using a magnetic stir plate, uh, how fast should you run it, how big of a whirlpool, and how long with the stir plate? You guys know about magnetic stir plates here. Mine broke about a year and a half ago. So. Oh, yeah? I I've used it like twice. Okay. I don't even bother with it. I do my starters the night before. Okay. I'm guessing that the principle with a magnetic stir plate is the same with any whirlpool. You're gonna, you just want to whirlpool it enough to get your your sediment into the middle of the of the. No, it's, it just helps. It helps with the propagation of the yeast and the buildup. Does it? You use one at all? Never, never, no clue. Does yeah. it? Does it introduce oxygen? Like, is that why you do it too? Maybe you get an aeration going. It probably would. I, I just know that the cell count goes up, and I really, like I said, I just mine broke, ah. and I haven't never kind of went off of that since then. Is that the first question you can't answer, Doc? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever asked that, I think, gets a prize yeah. for stumping the doc. Well, the, re- the reason I did it was because somebody said that you get a lot better, uh, lot, lot better yeast propagation when you're when you're building up a starter, and it just 
comes up faster and bigger when you're using a, a plate stirrer. So okay. I did, and it did work, but I never kind of went to the next step of figuring out why. Okay. If I was to use one, I think it'd be good for bumping up a starter. Mm-hmm. If you want to, well, pitch that's, what I, that's what you do. Yeah, you yeah, pitch like it in. a three day starter or something. Yeah. Okay. You, you can fix it, Doc. You fix everything. Yeah. Doc brought this flamethrower in last week. We were throwing like <laughs> balls of flame 20 feet in the air. 25. 25 <laughs> feet in the air. Oh, I, I did bring it again. You did? Yeah. Good, because Schumann was real depressed when I, I told him that uh, he missed out on the flamethrower. Arnie, you're going to appreciate this. I got to lock my dog up, though, because yeah. we scared my dog away last week, Doc. She ran yeah. away for a good couple of hours. Yeah, scared me, too. The dog let gone. Dog gone. Oh, man, I was freaking out. I, I I was on the way out. I stopped everybody I saw walking around and about the dog. And, yeah, like, it's a it's a friendly pit bull, really. Yeah, we're walking around going, "Have you seen a pit bull on the loose?" <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a little, children run inside. I mean, a little terrier. <laughs> She's just a terrier. Uh, yeah, people freaked out. I freaked out. Yeah. She came back, but it was your flamethrower that sent her on her way. Man, she couldn't handle that. So oh, you yeah. can fix your plate stirrer. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, I can, yeah, I'm not, I'm All right, what's next with yeast propagation, then, guys? Uh, give us some good tips about uh, how to how to grow some healthy yeast. How do you identify them? Like, what are methods that for homebrewers to use? I I would actually. Well, one of the main reasons to is especially with a auger plate and things is you want to cut it down into different yeast colonies so you can get a pure yeast colony. Okay. Um, so Arnie was talking at the break about how some of the old smack packs and stuff had a lot of mixture of stuff in there and you weren't getting a really pure yeast strain. It was a lot better now. Hmm. But if that's what you want to do, you can do it that way. Okay. And then that's one of the reasons why you want to build it up and you can't, it takes a while to build it back up. Another reason is, uh, you can do it on auger slants and have a little yeast library going. Okay. A lot of clubs do that, right? They'll, they'll end up with a with a kind of a yeast bank. Right. And do you, does your club do that, Doc? Where you, no, you don't. But a lot of clubs that I've I've funny. read about have a have a great yeast bank and somebody kind of in charge of it, so that whenever you're going to brew a new beer, if you want something specific, they've propagated it for you. I think that's a really good idea for clubs yeah. to get into do to you, be able to get specific. You know, one of the the best reasons for uh, for propagating yeast, I think, for a home brewer's standpoint, is that uh, the yeast tend to mutate, mm-hmm. and if you can go back to a pure culture. And you can you can make sure you're using the same yeast and the same form of that yeast every time. Okay. Um, uh, we, we tend to pitch from beer to beer, from one batch to the next. Yeah. And over time, that uh, some of those cells are going to mutate, and you might select that for your next brew, and you might have something different than you're used to. Okay. And so every once in a while, it's good to go back to your pure culture, your slant, or however you keep it. Gotcha. And then uh, and then start uh, bringing up uh, a new culture from a single colony. Is okay. there an, is there a number that you would like a number of repitching that you would start checking out the viable use cells or um like how many times do you repitch normally? Uh in the brewery I I repitch 10 times and then I just get a, a fresh slurry. Um you can get away with a lot more. I was at a brewery in in England uh run by an old bass brewer that had <laughs> that's open, the there. <laughs> the old bass brewer. <laughs> the old bass brewer. He had these open top fermenters and he had run his yeast for eight, 800 generations. Wow. And uh, he had very good beer. Okay. Um, 800 generations? Yeah, it's, uh, it was pretty amazing. Yeah, that is amazing. But he kept, he's obviously keeping it real healthy. Uh, 800 But it's open fermented? Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of crazy. I, I don't quite get it. And it's, I know he doesn't, I don't think he did a whole lot, to, uh, a whole lot to wash the yeast. I don't think he acid washed it. I, I imagine he had to once in a while, but uh, yeah, yeah. D- does he collect from the crazen? Um, 
Yeah, I imagine he did. It was a it was a top fermenting strain, and right. uh, I believe he did. Okay. Huh. Now, with the mutating yeast, does that go for when you when you purchase yeast as well? So, if I'm going to buy a vial of California ale yeast, am I getting different yeast every time I'm buying? It? Is, it, is is that a mutation, or is that the same as going back to the original? You know, how are they? I don't know if you guys know how they're doing it to to get that yeast strain well, out there. They come from a yeast bank. Yeah, you know, I think that the companies that provide the yeast they'll they'll grow up from a single colony fairly often and, and okay. grow a bunch and put it in so it should be fairly pure. It should always be. Then they want to have consistency too. Okay. Are there any breweries that are 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 not using a, a generational yeast that aren't repitching? Like you guys know of anybody who buys uh you know that yeast? repitch fresh each time? Yeah, that uses a new uh, yeast strain. I don't know. I would most guess most pro brewers I've heard is they they're always repitching. It's yeah. expensive when you get to that volume. It's about two hundred bucks for a, a yeast pitch. Yeah, a about two hundred bucks for something that's supposed to start seven barrels. Yeah, some uh, some big enough to start. That's a big bucket of yeast, and that's but I heard wow. about two hundred bucks. How yeah, much a, how, for a seven barrel batch? How mu- how big of a yeast slurry are you using? How many uh, gallons? It's, it's about a liter. A liter, but it's spun down in a in a centrifuge, and so it's a. Uh, very concentrated. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. And that centrifuge is used for what? Uh, it's just for separating the the beer or the wort out of the out of the yeast, so they send you so they're not sending Con- you a bunch of. Liquid. Oh, it concentrates sep- the cells in yeah. the bottom. Is it separated from the tube or? Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, from the from the from the wort, from the wort okay. on the top, because they don't want to put any of that in there. Okay. Makes it kind of thick and sludgy. <laughs> <laughs> John, you have here uh, one liter for a quarter gallon. What is that? About how much you're supposed to pitch? Um, I, I was thinking from a home brewer, if you're doing a five gallon batch, uh-huh. I was thinking a thousand mil starter is probably ideal of a pitch for a five gallon for batch. For a five gallon batch. Yeah. Okay. When you do, uh, you brew sometimes on a 50 gallon system, right? I do a five gallon pitch. You're doing five gallon A five gallon starter. Starter, right. And I start with two vials of yeast. But I, I give it a 12 hour Basically, I do the night before, okay. And but twelve hours later, it's already it's peaking, and that's when I like to introduce it when it's peaking. Okay. So it's not st- stressing; it's ready to go into an environment where it's healthy. Gotcha. You can still consume sugars and. Okay. And, I was and, talking to Roger from from Drake's, uh, and he he is he says that he's like king of overpitching. He overpitches everything. He loves to add just extra yeast to, to get a, a real vigorous fermentation started quickly. He said to me that if I were you, if I were doing the five gallons that you're doing, I'd be throwing three of those vials into each batch, whereas I'm doing a one-vial starter when I brew. It's a really common uh, mistake, I think, that new homebrewers make because they don't pitch enough yeast. Okay. They think uh-huh. that one of those smack packs will do it or mm-hmm. one of the vials, whatever it is. Um, it, you generally want a lot more than that, and you'll start getting a lot better brews uh, once you do start uh, growing up your own yeast and adding more. Right. Well, what's yeah. the biggest pitch you've done as a home brewer before you went pro? What did you n- normally do? Oh, I don't know. I I always made five gallon batches on my stove, so it's. Uh, but what did you did you just pitch a smack pack, or did you do? A no, I, I would grow up. I would actually generally transfer it twice. Um, hmm. Start with a smack pack or a, a vial, and you know, grow it up. Uh, Tenfold twice, and then dump that in. Okay. And, uh, Another reason for a big starter is uh, not all the yeast in that vial is alive, mm. and okay. so you know you think you're chunking a lot of a lot of yeast with that slurry, but it's not because depends on the viability of how much so how, what shipped. what percentages of that yeast slug is is live and viable. Yeah. 
and that's why you know older has got less in there. So if you propagate it up, you've got healthy, happy yeast, and, right. and a lot of them that are viable. Is is there a danger zone of over pitching? I mean, if I'm doing a three vial starter for my five no. gallons, is that just insane? Probably not with well, not with, not with uh, the vials. Again, you maybe only have. 50% viability in each vial. Okay. Depends on how new it is. It actually can affect the flavor because of the of the yeast cell growth. Um, if you have a whole bunch of cells to begin with, mm-hmm. there's not going to be a whole bunch of cell growth. Uh, it'll, okay. It'll kind of max out at some point, and okay. then you'll have – it'll just be a little different flavor. I got gotcha. you. Um, sometimes uh, what I'll do with my stout is I'll actually under-pitch the stout a little bit and over-aerate it. Okay. And it'll it'll make somewhat nicer flavors for the stout just uh, because of those conditions and because of the the cell growth that's going on in there. Interesting. Maybe we talked about that, like why you do that for a hefeweizen or something. Yeah. Produce more of the bananas. Right. Uh, a question from the chat room about high gravity beer. Um, how large a starter for high gravity? Are we talking about now remeasuring when you're doing high gravity beers, or Doc does the same rule that. apply? Yeah. Yeah. Cheer your process, Doc. More is better. Yeah. Well, you, yeah. yeah, when you've you got a high-gravity wort, uh, another thing is to uh, propagate up with your starters with a high-gravity wort. Don't start at a 1050 and pitch it into 1090. Okay. Uh, get the yeast used to being in high gravity. Okay. Uh, in the start, you know, your, your Erlenmeyers are going up or whatever you're, you're starting your starters in. Have, mix the wort up so it is already at that high gravity so they'll... Uh, the guys are liking it. Okay. And then when you pitch it into your, 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 into your beer, you want to have it about the same gravity. Okay. So uh, how many vi- if you're doing five gallons of high gravity, Doc, if it were you, how many vials of yeast would you start? I usually start with one, but then I, I grow it up three or four times. Okay. Till I, you know, I start out with that in 500 milliliters. Okay. Then I go up to you know another 4,000 milliliters. Okay. And then I'll go up one more time. And make it even bigger, so I've got a really big pitch. Gotcha. Wow. So, okay. it just and just step it up as you're going. The other thing you might want to keep in mind is to choose a yeast strain that uh, is tolerant of all that alcohol. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so yeah, just pitching a regular California ale yeast and something that bigger, it's kind of dicey because they will get pickled with enough alcohol and just quit. And then you've got a ten thirty five beer. Gotcha. Okay. At the end. So. Uh, a question about hot environments and and like in here. yeast propagation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so I'll just adapt the question. If you're brewing in our studio, which is like 150, uh, how much yeast viability can be lost, and what do you do to recover yeast? So, I don't know if I understand the Wait, question. Wait, say that again. It's uh, how much yeast viability can be lost in hot environments, and the second part of it is what do you do to recover yeast? Well, yeast like to be grown in, you know, 80 yeah. degrees. Yeah. Okay. But you don't want to do that because it's throwing off a lot of the flavors you don't want to have. Okay. A uh, lager yeast isn't gonna, not gonna like it that hot, but an ale yeast likes it like that. Okay. 90. Alright. You can do that. So none of the viability is being lost in propagation for temperature. It's too, just the flavors of the yeast. Well, if you're, pro- if you're fermenting at a high temperature, it's, the, Yeast metabolism is going to throw out a lot of flavors that you don't want. So that's what you control the temperature for. Also, if you're going up and down or, or it's going up, the yeast don't know it's going to stop, and so they'll put a protein coat over themselves to protect themselves okay. to survive. All right. Well, that's not good for your beer either. 
Gotcha. So there's things you don't want to. That's why constant temperature is key. Okay. Not going up and down and up and down. And it has more to do with the flavor qualities of the beer when you're done by what temperature you decide to keep it at. Okay. Uh, someone wants to know, what's the purpose of a second yeast strain during secondary fermentation? Why would you use a second yeast strain? I've, I've used that, uh, I've used the second strain for making a Kolsch where I, uh, fermented the primary fermentation with a German Kolsch ale yeast. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of common from what I read that they do there is they throw in a lager strain at the end just to kind of clean it up, finish it up. Okay. Um, um, just to give it a little more uh, attenuation, you're not going to get much much flavor out of that second uh, strain that you throw in there. But okay. you might get a little further attenuation and still have the character of the ale yeast. Gotcha. And how are you doing a pitch like that? It, 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 have you also done a starter for that one, gotten alive and going when you do your secondary? You definitely want a lot of healthy cells for that because the the beer's pretty much fermented out. It's going to be struggling to find sugar. And okay. You want a good good pitch in there to get anything going. Okay, gotcha. Good healthy stuff. Are you having to uh, – I don't pitch that much. Like uh, if I'm doing a starter for my five-gallon, I just got the small uh, – I'm doing like 500 milliliters. I just do the one. So uh, for you, Arnie, uh, are you having to, to calculate now the volume of your beer based on your pitch also? Uh, and, and what I mean is you know, if, if you start with 50 gallons, by the time you're done pitching, and, and especially if you pitch twice like that, have you got – uh, 60 gallons, right? You, you know, or do you have to calculate in that that uh, volume? Um, uh, yeah, you, you need to have a consistent volume, or, or you, basically, when I'm pitching at work, I'll I'll just uh, meter the yeast by time and and uh, rate. Okay. Watching it go through a sight glass, um, and that's best the best I can do without a flow meter, which is very expensive. Oh, really? Um, okay. And that's pretty common in the craft brewing industry okay um, and how many barrels are you brewing at one time in a batch uh we brew 14 barrels at a time okay and uh generally it's probably about uh 10 to 12 gallons of uh thick yeast slurry that will go into to a 14 barrel batch to start it okay gotcha 10 to 12 gallons of slurry yeah that's great <laughs> could swim in that I think the hot environment question, I'm getting a note here from Daniela, was um, a shipment from B3 of, of pitch tubes. Oh, they probably want to know whether or not it, if it's shipped to New York or something, is it still viable? Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, there, there's nutrients in wort. I, I believe they draw right off from the conicals that they're drawn from. Mm-hmm. So some yeast cells will die. At the warm temperatures, let's say now during the summertime. Okay. Um, but that's why we always recommend at B3 to do a starter, you know, just to make sure you have healthy yeast cells. Okay, which you is what Doc was talking about, too, with, you know, ha- you might have 50% right. viability inside your your vial anyway. Right. So, okay. I would always recommend, if it's seven days in the UPS truck, being thrown around is hot, do a starter. Okay. I mean, you're investing all your time, you're seven hours of brewing. You might as well do a starter and make sure you have a good, clean beer because fermentation is so key. Okay. You're always better off with a start even like you were doing with the 500 milliliters. Right. It's better than just throwing that vial in there. Gotcha. Uh, how long is too long for that vial to sit around on the shelf, John? I would say like two to three weeks. Uh, just 14 days or more, you know. Then it's but there's expiration dates. So oh, okay. There's usually a three-month expiration date, so there's still viable yeast cells for that amount of time. After that, they become funky. At, Even at, if they're at refrigerated? B, at B3, they're always refrigerated. Yeah, yeah. 30, 35 degrees refrigerated at. So. Okay. 
But does the expiration date then apply then as well? Yes. It does? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Fair enough. I want to take another break. <laughs> he wants a beer now. <laughs> yeah. You guys are looking worse than me. You're kind of mellowed. You, Dr. Scott, what'd you do last night? I uh, got really drunk and fell asleep in front of my computer. <laughs> Woke up at three in the morning. My head kinked to the side. Nice. Crawled off the bed. It must have been in the air. Arnie, were you out drinking last night too? No, I was taking it easy. I was uh, working off Friday nights. Uh, uh, gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. It was a heavy consumption weekend, I think. Yeah. It's the Oregon Beer Festival spills over in the air to it everybody does. else. just makes you feel like you have to drink. Daniela, did you drink a lot last night? Yes. She, you did too? Yes, of course I did. You were not in town. I wish what am we, I going to do? We should have planned for this and just made it the hangover show instead. You know, I didn't realize it. I almost just passed out here in my chair. <laughs> and I'm so hot. You are hot. I'm so hot. All right. We're going to take another break, turn on the fan, and uh, we'll finish up our yeast discussion real quick when we get back and and start talking all about Marin Brewing Company with Arnie here. 888-401-BEER. I got some stuff to give away. Arnie brought some shirts, so uh, I'm going to figure out something for you. They are nice. I was thinking about not even giving them away, but uh, I will. I got two of them, so we'll come up with two ways for you guys to uh, win some prizes when we come back. The Brewing Network, saving your life, one beer at a time. That's your cue, John. Oi! Oi! Yeah! Oi! My favorite intro. You should be in an ACDC cover band. (laughs) There were some real bad bands at the Oregon Beer Festival. Were they blues bands? There were some blues ones and then just some like party bands and stuff. Oh, they were bad. Yeah. And uh, actually the only thing worse than the band was all of the no rhythmed whiteies that were dancing in front of them. <laughs> you know, as the beer starts flowing at the end of the day and they're all out there thinking that they can really move. Yeah. We actually uh, picked up the microphone then me and Jason from B3 and started making fun of you, John, because uh, we said that we'd both seen you do that. What Although I, he gave you dance like an idiot. And, and you I, do, I you do well. that white man lip bite. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I can funk him. <laughs> Actually, Jason. I'll show it to you. Wait, hold on. Do it. <laughs> Jason did give you props. He said, uh, that you, you, you do have more rhythm than any white person he's ever met. Oh, thanks. It thanks, was Jeff. just—it was just whether or not That's you the choose. The nicest thing he's actually ever said to me in four years. <laughs> it was <laughs> just whether or not you it choose to use it. Oh, that's how. There we go. Never mind. Jerk. Danielle, I don't know what this question is that you just gave me. That's it. Write it in English. Yeah, English. <laughs> uh, Let me see. What is it saying? What's this other one? How do I make the? How do I make the agar medias? Uh, okay. Better just to buy it, and then you heat it, and you pour it into the plates. Or you can actually buy the plates already done, and they're sterile. Right. That's the you'd, best way to do it. You'd have to use like a pressure cooker, wouldn't you? Uh, I think you just, sterile, I think you just boil it and heat it. It's like it turns out like Jello, and okay. you pour it into the plate and hot, mm-hmm. and then you cap the plate. You make some uh, word in with it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is that a food source for it when it's yeah dry? Okay. It's basically it's just like Jello. Jello malt, it, it, yeah, it's it's yeah, and you put some some agar medium and and, and uh, some wort in it with agar medium. Okay. And there's different things you can mix with it because certain microorganisms like to grow better on certain things. But wort would be the a really good one. You can actually buy wort agar plates. Does B three still take them? Yeah, have we do. them. And you can just buy them from, and they're are they're sealed and they're sterile. Right. And that's the best way to go. Otherwise, you know, it's just one more 
pain in the butt that you got to yeah. do. It's like the whole. It's a long. It's a whole day process. Uh, you can. Oh really? Yeah. You can find it on the net. Uh, it comes in a powder form, and you can mix it up yourself if you want. But just buy the stuff that's already. If you just go experiment around and play with it a little bit, hmm. uh, they have they they have a whole yeast propagating little kit. You got your sterile loop. It comes with a fifty milliliter Erlenmeyer okay. and some auger plates. Gotcha. Maybe even a slant or two, I think. And a little book that tells you kind of kind of what to do. It's pretty cool. Nice. That's a pretty good little kit. Yeah. Here, Mr. Question Asker, why don't you try that one, too, then? <laughs> yeah, I will. Relinquish. <laughs> Another one from the chat. So long over, huh? <laughs> why do you use a pressure cooker in this whole yeast thing? Well, a lot of reasons. Because you want to have things that are sterile, and you're going to need a hyperbaric type of pressure. Uh, sterile, sterility means that you're going to get rid of Every kind of living thing in there, and it's harder to kill spores with uh, just any chemicals and things like that. You can't scrub them away, so you need wet, moist heat because it actually transfers the heat. That steam does it transfers the heat to more places, hmm. and you want to have the pressure cooker because it's hyperbaric, and the pressure actually kills gotcha. everything. Doc, what else do you do besides like learn about beer stuff? How do you have time to know all this? Check out my front teeth. <laughs> I just, I just, I like to learn. Stuff. <laughs> Some bugs me. If I don't know what it is, I'll go figure out, yeah. find out what it is. Is that what you were doing when you passed out in front of your computer last night? I, I don't remember what I was doing. Then. I just remember <laughs> I woke up and there's a half a glass of Belgian beer yeah, left yeah. over, and then Did I thought about, it? and I thought about drinking yeah. it in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, it's still sitting there. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, a tough decision. <laughs> do I? Pour it, or do I drink it? Mm. Yeah, I, would, I, I, would I didn't it. feel bad when I woke up this morning. Amazingly enough, good for you, I, bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I even drank water. I did the whole drink water things, but all that did was uh, it eliminated the headache. I didn't wake up with a headache, but I like it better when you're going to drink that much. I really like it better if you wake up still drunk, because then yeah. you sort of skip over the whole hangover thing. It doesn't yeah. hit you till later, right? I didn't get if that If you get luxury. some food in you, it helps, too. Yeah. Well, if I did get food in me, which I don't remember if I did or not, it all came out anyway. So <laughs> no, I mean food food for in the morning. Oh, gotcha. Later in the morning. You don't feel like eating, but it's yeah. amazing that you can poke something down your throat. Yeah. It's, it's like a sponge. It's, it's, yeah. It just makes you feel a little bit better. Get some energy back in you. you That's important. Yeah. You need food. Yeah. I uh, bet you that, that you could make a whole sort of hangover industry in Portland should, this week. You weekend. should write a book about it. <laughs> Why? I'm not doing too well over here. <laughs> what am I going to be able to tell people? Uh, don't do this. <clears throat> you know The how-tos and do nots. <laughs> Have a good time all the time. I, I'd like to plug a book, actually. Okay. I didn't, I didn't know anything about yeast propagation until this show. Uh, it's called Standards of Brewing by Charles Bamforth. Okay. He's a PhD from uh, UC Davis. Okay. And um, I took a page of notes and really helped me understand the process. Um, I would definitely recommend picking it up and reading about yeast propagation. Did he pay you to light reading? Yeah, right. (laughs) It is like, I I was very informative. I mean, he talks about methods of uh, identifying the lager versus an ale yeast. Mm -hmm. Uh, What else do you talk about? Proper storage temperatures for yeast, how to identify yeast under a microscope. You know, we were, you were talking about, what was it called? Methylene blue. What, what does that do? It's a stain. It's a stain. And one of the, one of the things it's for is so you can tell dead ones from live ones uh different bacterial stain different too so if you got the contaminated source in there you can tell what'll stain what won't i must have actually been awake that day in chemistry class because i remember (laughs) that i know know what you're talking about you have to stain it so you know what's happening that was the one day i stayed awake in chemistry class Hmm. and look at how it's paid off look at how far i've come i got a c plus (laughs) in microbiology 
I did. Good for you. <laughs> That's passing. How did you do that? <clears throat> I, only went, I only went to half of the classes, too. Nice. Yeah. You're a smart one. I know. You was home right. brewing beer, right? Yeah, I was. Yeah. I actually was. <laughs> It's always interesting when we get uh, uh, craft brewers come in here, brewmasters, to ask them whether or not they actually went to university. And uh, I don't think we've had one yet that went to, to school for brewing. It's it's you much did, more you? been um, – you game? would be the first if you have. Yeah, it was, a, it was kind of a trade school. It was a quick uh, five-week intensive class program followed up by a uh, apprenticeship. Oh, okay. It was the American Brewers Guild, which is still out there, although now it's a, a correspondence course. Okay. Uh, it was yeah. in Woodland, and then they moved it. And Where's now that? It's, yeah, we were actually... Back East, Connecticut, maybe? Is that or online? Vermont, Vermont, yeah. Yeah, they do an online course. Okay. Exactly. Um, but back then, we were the second class, and it was in a hotel in Sacramento. Hmm. And it was started by Dr. Lewis, who was the old uh, professor that started up uh, the UC Davis Master Brewers Program. Okay. And, they, uh, they had a facility in Woodland. Did you ever see that? That was later, yeah. I took a three door adva- three day advanced uh, home brewers course there. It was cool. It was intense, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of math and hmm. a lot of stuff that you would use more than a home brewer would mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. As, as a as a pro brewer. Hmm. But it's cool cool stuff to know too. How do you Absolutely. weigh that part of your uh, beer education? Then uh, is it like pretty integral that you went to that, or? Yeah, I think it was huge. It yeah. was. Uh, I'd been homebrewing for many years before that, and and um, my mom was a microbiologist, and I had a lot of lot of people help me out before that. But uh, okay, but to get into you know into craft brewing on a commercial level, yeah. to have all that knowledge to back up all your decisions is is huge. Gotcha. Um, Otherwise, you know, there, I've met tons of great brewers that didn't go to school, but they learned from, most of them learned from somebody that did. Right. Um, so, okay. uh, I, you know, advise, uh, getting educated as well as you can about brewing and you're going to make better beer. Right. How often do you, uh, talk to other professional brewers just about what you're doing and what they're doing? Oh, every day. Every yeah. day. We have a great community of brewers here in the, in the Bay Area and we all kind of feed off each other. Yeah, seems we're like all it. we're all friends, and uh, you know we help out each other. We pass around yeasts. Uh, we talk about <laughs> uh, cool. we talk about how you know what what new beers we're doing, what uh, new creative ideas we have. Um, we're all pretty nice. open with each other, nice. rather than uh, you know you'd think that we'd be fairly competitive, but not, yeah. none of us look at it that way. Maybe the owners do, but the brewers don't. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that would be just a different side of the business, yeah. either the owner or the brewer. It's all about the beer. Yeah. Brewers make the beer. Although uh, I think that most of the of the places around here are their owners and, and brewers, uh, at least through my phone calls. I'll, I'll always call and, and say, hi, can I speak to the brewer or, or the owner? And all they say is, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm also the janitor. Thank you. What can I do well, for you? That's a ro- well, Roger was saying that the brewers at his place at Drake's, yeah, are, the guys in the suits are just guys in the suits. Yeah, they know nothing sense. about brewing. Yeah, and 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 they don't care, which either. is cool because <laughs> they're more hands off. Yeah, it's good for, good for Roger. Yeah, yeah. freedom. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Not quite the same at Marin. <laughs> oh no, it is uh, actually uh, Brennan uh, Moylan's our owner, and uh, he started out as as a brewer at our place, but soon figured out that he had to run the business. Right. So, um, Can't do both. But he's a uh, you know, he's been very good at uh, letting me do my thing, okay. and uh, you know, he'll he'll give me his feedback sometimes, and 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 this and that. But for the most part, uh, gives me the freedom to to do what I need to do. Nice, that's important. I know I've tasted a couple of breweries beer that was uh, brewed by the owner, 
and then a few years later they they brought in other people the owner actually just started doing the owning and they brought in a a brewer and uh Beer uh, quality increases dramatically when the owner can do the owning and the brewer can do the brewing, uh, because I would imagine that doing both is extremely difficult to to run a business at the same time. Uh, before we're talking with Arnie from uh, Marin Brewing Company, and I'm going to get into an interview all about them. Uh, let me ask one more question about yeast. It's from the chat room here. Um, what's a good temperature to store yeast uh, slants? Probably very cold. Uh I'd say 35 yeah. or below. Okay. They actually, if you want to keep yeast for a long time, you can freeze dry it, and it generally will keep. Oh, okay. Is it right there on on your on your sheet too, yeah. Doc? It says hey, the ideal is 35.6 degrees on. Fahrenheit. Yeah. 30. You were 0.6 off, Arnie. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let it go. That's unacceptable. <laughs> well, I, I like what he's telling me at his at the break. Is his mom takes care of his uh, yeast slants at home? That's a good really. <laughs> so you got your mom was a microbiologist. Yeah, she was at the uh, University of California, San Diego, for 30 years. Wow. And, uh, you so. didn't have a lot of fun in the summers when you were a kid, did you, Arnie? Sure. We were brewing <laughs> beer at home, Mom and Dad. Really? And, I, and, we'd, you know, and it was great because we could take all the bottles in and throw them in the autoclave, and we didn't have to... You know, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> go through all the hassle of cleaning bottles away. Nice, else does. nice. <laughs> Very nice. A real big autoclave probably, That's too. A <laughs> university autoclave. How long can you store a, uh, a slant without propagation? I, I, I'll i get back to you on that. I've okay. got a, a couple of slants I've had in there for, God, three years. Probably. Oh, really? If, yeah, have you seen any growth for Throw it out. Okay. They, they tell you to transfer them or, or uh, re-streak them out or whatever once a year or so. Okay. You can get away with longer probably, yeah. but um, okay. I wouldn't do anything with these because they've been in there so long. But right, I like to just try to grow them up, see what happens. Sure, <laughs> it's a good idea. Give them to Daniela for her first beer. Why not? It couldn't be any worse than that other beer. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, that was, they did a trick beer on me. Was it last week? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I guess colored right. water. Colored water, basically. It tasted like uh, piss. Oh, it was bad. Yeah, it tasted like Alka-Seltzer. Yeah, yeah. it did, huh? Yep. Bad, al- rotten Alka-Seltzer. It was rough. You'd love some Alka-Seltzer right now, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't do a darn bit of good, I'll tell you that. I need some super seltzer. You, you need dog hair. I know. I, I've actually, uh, this is the first show that I've not had a beer for the entire show so far. So. I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm wrestling. What do you think? Should I have a beer? Daniela says no. Yeah. No, 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 Arnie, no, no, what do you think? no. You'll be happy to know I brought some strong beers today. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> We're going to open the triple first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm leaving the strong beer to you. That's, okay, that's for you. sure. But I am going well, to have to. less that way. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Liquid nutrients. Yeah. Liquid Doc, you're a, you're a bad influence is what you are. <laughs> Bringing over flamethrowers and uh, <laughs> talking hey, me into drinking when I shouldn't. We had to test them out before Bernie, man. You're right. I'm glad, I'm glad I could help you with that, actually. We'll test them again later, too. I have, I have a random question. Sure. Can, can autolysis happen on a Petri dish? What's autolysis? A cell breakdown. Okay. Yeah, and funky flavors come across. I mean, does that happen, or...? It's a, if it's stored cold, is that possible? Well, you're still going to streak them out again. Uh, so you're going to, you know, you're, autolysis is a, off a dead, a dead yeast. cell and it won't, it, it won't, won't grow. grow. So yeah. You're, yeah, you're going to, you're going to take it off your slant and then streak it on a petri dish again. Get it out there, pick a good colony, scoop that off of there, and then put it in. Autolysis, it really interests me because you talk about bottle conditioning, and I always worry about autolysis long term. If you have a bottle conditioned beer, 
You know, well, you're probably not going to have enough yeast in that bottle to make a big difference. It's when you got the big yeast slurry on the bottom, and that's a lot of cells. Okay. And a lot of them break down. That's going to get into your beer. When you got not that many cells in that bottle, probably not such a big big thing. Okay. <laughs> Something going on in the chat room. Share. What's, what's, what's happening on? over there? All right, we have a question for. <laughs> Dr. Scott, Dr. Scott, why do you always sound stoned? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let then, me let me follow that uh, that, <laughs> uh, that question up with uh, he usually looks stoned too. <laughs> I'm not, not, I, I usually come in here stone 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 cold sober. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm not doing too bad right now. No, you're doing just fine. It was yeah. just very funny. And then we have a couple of comments about Justin. Yeah. Oh, you want to hear it, honey? Uh, sure. <laughs> Justin is a wimp. Justin is bringing it weak. Have one pussy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And so on. <laughs> All right. See, the chat room is with me. Yeah, you're right. All right. Chat room rules. All right. Serve it up. Yeah. <laughs> you will feel better. I will. I'm going to have to And then do. you get a good night's sleep the rest of the night. Yeah. And yeah. feel like a million bucks. Maybe um, a thousand bucks tomorrow. Yeah. At least you're off tomorrow. Man. Right now I feel like about $6.50. That's, I think, all you have in your pocket. Yeah, if that. <laughs> I'm, Get I'm, the triple. I love those comments. I'm bringing it weak. You're bringing it <laughs> I like that. <laughs> That's true. I am Come on, buck a, up, buddy. I am being a big sissy. All right, I'm going to have a beer then. Um, let's talk about and, Marin. And let's talk about Marin. But I want to do this uh, as I start the discussion. I got two Marin shirts to give away that Arnie was nice enough to bring in. He doesn't care. He didn't pay for them, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you just grabbed him on the way out. Yeah. Thanks, Johnny. And uh, we're going to give those away. I want to play Stump the Brewer. It's my favorite game to give stuff away. And uh, you got to you got to call in. You got to stump Arnie. Doc, you cool. don't get to answer. But if I raise my hand, wait, wait, <laughs> me either too. You raise I your screwed hand. up last time. <laughs> you can't answer. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so stump the brewer. I'm going to do it two ways. I have two shirts. You can stump the brewer in the chat room. I'll give away one shirt that way. And uh, the other one I want to do by phone. So 888-401-BEER. Call in Stump the Brewer and give me questions in the chat room. And we're going to be more strict. Last time, uh, we were just giving it away willy-nilly. Like, they didn't even stump the brewer, and we said, okay, you like can have a shirt. Like we had stuff to give away. Yeah. So... <laughs> We did. This week, um, sure. yeah. yeah. <laughs> this week, you actually have to stump the brewer. And, you know, none of these questions like, you know, like that don't have to do with beer. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and, or name the, you know, the national beer of, of the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Nothing like that, right? It's gotta be about a brewing process and. What about what we were talking about or something? I don't know. Well, if, if that stumps them, whatever. It yeah. would be nice if you knew the answer too. I never know the answer. No, no, no. The, the question. Oh, the actual asker? Yes. Yeah, you're right. Yes. Because we're going to have to be able to check it, aren't we? Because if we're wrong, we want to be correct and we want to know so we can learn from them too. That's right. Yes. So stump the brewer. I'm going to start the interview. You guys start thinking of your questions. Either chat them in or, or call 888-401-BEER. All right, Arnie, how long have you been brewing is, is I think, a good place to start. Well, actually, uh, I started. Uh, I got interested in home brewing when I was about 13, and the parents were home on Saturday morning and... Uh, I got to help him out a little bit, wow. cleaning it first and uh, helping with the bottling, all the fun stuff. How old yes. were you when you had your first beer? Uh, they tell me I was uh, two or three, but <laughs> nice. I don't, I don't remember that first one. They were, they, my parents were advocates of you know a little bit of beer or booze. Yeah, that makes for a better attitude. Right, sleep better. <laughs> <laughs> a better attitude. Yeah, that probably worked. <laughs> yeah. Pretty laid back, Arnie. Yeah. <laughs> how many how many kids are in the family, Arnie? I have one younger sister. Okay. Yeah. And is she a brewer too? No, no, not not at all. She no. en- she enjoys a beer here and there, but uh Okay. 
little different line of work. Okay, okay. Danielle, you got a question there for Stump the Brewer? Yes. All right, hang on. Let's put him on the air. Go ahead. Hello, you're on the air. Hey, what's going on? Uh, not much. A little bit of hangover and a lot of radio. What's going on with you? Okay. Stump the brewer question for you. All right, tell me where you're calling from first. Concord. Oh, nice. All right, little hometown here. Did oh, you yeah. use the 800 number? Yeah. You cheapo. Well, I don't have the other number. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't give out the other one anyway. <laughs> tell John I said what's up. Hey, Kevin, how you doing? Oh, look at you. You already know, John. Yeah. All right, Kevin, give us your stump the brewer. When saving yeast slurry, like saying a one-quart mason jar, and you want to make a starter for it, how much wort should you actually use to, like, double the slurry amount that you've got in a quart? Okay. One quart, you want to double it, Arnie. Yeah. How much How much wort? Um, I don't I know how much you're going to end up with, but you're going to generally do five times or five to ten times the amount of, of slurry you have there. Okay. You're going to use that much wort to step it up the next time and I'm you probably don't you're probably going to get more than twice as many uh, cells that way okay um, so you could do you could probably uh, maybe triple what you have okay and you would probably get somewhere like twice the number of cells in there alright um, Kevin yes is he there yeah he's right I don't know if it's right or not <laughs> <laughs> Doc? Huh? Doc, you want to... Uh, well, I, I would go up with, you know, what's 10 more quarts, so... Okay. So five to 10 times is still right. Yeah. yeah. Five gallons. All right, you didn't stump the brewer, Kevin. All right, man. It was a good effort, Thanks though. Thanks for calling, Kevin. All right, later. See ya. See ya. <laughs> Poor guy. Wanted that shirt. Yeah. yeah. You got to bring it, man. You got Don't bring it weak like I'm doing. You got to bring a tough question. <laughs> is this one for the chat room? Yeah, it's for him. Okay, this is a good one, I think. What are the five stages of yeast growth called? This is a good one. That is a good one. Who's this from in the chat room there, Daniela? Double IPA. Double IPA. Hmm. Is this double IPA guy from the forum? Yeah. I've seen him on there. The fi- Doc, do you know this one? You don't? I know some of them. I don't know all of them. Okay. Wow. Good question. What are you thinking, Arnie? Uh, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to say I'm stumped. Stumped the Brewer. Nice. Double IPA guy, you've done it. Type them in there for us so that we can actually give the answer. So, yeah, he, how about that? They have to have the answer, yeah, too. he's got to have the answer. He's on Google right now. He probably does. It's a pretty exact question, so yeah. I, I'm thinking he's got the answer That's in there. That's cool. Is it there, Danielle? Did he type them in yet? Okay. Type in the answer. We'll read it. Uh, you get a shirt. Double IPA guy gets one of them. Are these, uh, what size shirts I got here? There's a lar- uh, large and extra large. Okay. So, uh, depending on the size of your beer belly, uh, double IPA guy. You're either getting a nice tie-dye one. Uh, what do we got here? White knuckle double IPA. Very nice. Double it's actually IPA, double, IPA double IPA ale, right? That's what you guys call it? Uh, yeah, it's a little redundant. I wouldn't have said that myself. Yeah, it's uh, just, I was going to ask <laughs> you the same thing. It's a India pale ale ale. <laughs> it's from the Department of Redundancy Department. It's an awesome shirt, though, Doc. I know you were eyeballing this one with I the like tie-dye. Yeah. You know, you can shoot an email to Brendan Moylan at brendan at moylans.com and tell him about that. About the name? About the redundancy, yeah. Okay. Can we call them names like Dumbo? 
doing that. I'm not going to say you can't. How about Redumbo? <laughs> Redumbo. Yeah. And the other one, which is a, a nice black shirt, is the Mount Tam Pale Ale from a Marin Brewing Company. I've had that one, actually. I, I bought it at once, and it's it's pretty good. And in the back, it says Brewed in Marin. Very nice. It's so, nice shirt. So, uh, double IPA guy, you get one of those. Just tell us if, if you are if you got a big, fat belly or not, and we'll send you either the extra large or the large. And uh, we're still waiting on I, I still got uh, one to give away, so phone call, 888-401-BEER, stump the brewer. Um so how long did you homebrew, Arnie, before you got into uh, professional brewing? Uh, well, after I moved away, I probably homebrewed a good uh, seven or eight years before I got into brew school. Okay. Um, and were you competing as a homebrewer also? Uh, no. No? No, I wasn't at that time. Just, just brewing for friends? Just or? making lots of beer and keeping the fridge stocked. Very nice. Very nice. What did you do before you were a brewer then, when you were doing that? Uh, I was bartending, uh, bar managing, that okay. kind of stuff. Okay. All in this area? Uh, well, in San Diego originally, but I've been in, in San Francisco for the last 15 years. Okay. And uh, did you just decide, you know, hey, I, I, I love beer, I love brewing, and I, I need to do this as a career? Yeah, you know, it's funny, I... I started drinking some of the craft brews that were coming out. I, kind of, I actually remember the uh, Anderson Valley Boone Amber mm-hmm. was was the beer I drank that, and I said, "Man, if they can make beer that good, I want to be a part of that. Nice. I'm gonna get into it." Okay. And uh, and uh, so I just kind of rolled with it from there. All right. And uh, did you struggle quite a bit getting into the industry, or, or was it not too bad? No, I got in early. It was it was just kind awesome. of a dream. Dream come true kind of deal. Hey, um, Oz, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Got the microphone on Daniela answering the phone over there. <laughs> so anyway, I, I did my apprenticeship out of the Brewers Guild, and I did it at Marin. Okay. And uh, as soon as I finished the apprenticeship, uh, one of the assistants moved on. I moved right into his spot. And six okay. months later, the head brewer moved on, and I was running the, my favorite brewery. Ah. Six months out of school. So wow, that's pretty impressive, right there. Kind of right place, right time, sort of thing. Exactly. I guess that's usually how it works out. You got another question, Daniela? Oh, nice little Australian action. Hang on, go ahead. Oz. Hello. How you going? Hey, how are you? I'm good. Yeah. Hey, did the 800 number work for you from there? It did. Yes, it did. Oh, sweet. Wow. So we can get international calls. That's great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Our first Australian caller. How are you, Oz? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I've got a question for Stump the Brewer. All right, do it. What year and who? what was the name of the brewer that first brewed Pilsner Urquell? Ah, good question. And there's uh, actually two names. Okay. Um, they're not too sure. The history is really unsure on the guy's first name, but there's two options. Okay. So you, so you got some leeway there. Yeah, you got a little room for error. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, when I was in uh, Czech Republic last year, I skipped the Pilsner Urquell tour. Oh, and now you're regretting <laughs> it, aren't you? <laughs> you lost his shirt because of that. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, you want to take a stab? How, how about the I'll, what year question? Can you get close to that? I'm going to say it was probably uh, late 1800s, but uh, that's just a guess. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, and, and you don't know the guy's name? No, no, not at all. Oz, you got the real answer? Yeah, the, um, the year was 1842. Okay. Wow, 1842. What's the name? Yusef Grohl. Okay. You stumped the brewer, Oz. <laughs> ding, 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 yeah. ding, ding, ding. Damn it, now we got to pay for postage to Australia. Priority yeah. mail. 
<laughs> or just fly it there yourself. Yeah, yeah. Invite me over, Oz. I'll just bring it myself. Yeah, come over. Aren't you supposed to be at work right now? No, I have Mondays off. I have my own my own business, so we take Mondays off now, so we can listen to you guys. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, awesome. I love that. What are you drinking? At the moment, coffee. It's. Um, oh yeah. It's morning. Eleven thirty at the moment. Oh really? It's another half an hour to go until you have a beer. Yeah. <laughs> You're not allowed to drink until twelve. Oh, <laughs> uh, so the rules say. Right. Right. <laughs> well, I'm with you. I'm not drinking either, and it's late in the afternoon, Oz. Were you one of the guys in there calling me sissy names? Oh, yeah. <laughs> good for you, Oz. Yeah, good. Oz really sipping his coffee. That's what you're supposed to do. Um, okay, uh, all you got to do is email me your address, Oz, and I'll, I'll be sending you a shirt. Uh, do you need the extra large or the large? I think the extra large. Yeah, what size <laughs> What size gut are we talking about here, buddy? Uh, when I measured it last week, it was 48 and a half inches. Oh, oh nice. buddy. Nice. You know what, Daniela, we should re-measure me right now that I've been gone for the weekend. I was, grab the, you got the tape over there, right? Let's yeah. figure this out. I was 39 last you're week. You're probably less because you're retching your guts out all day. Yeah, night. I think I might be a little slimmer. I'm catching up to you, Oz. How's the beer over there, Oz? The unhomebrew. The yeah, the beer. Oh, look, the homebrew is good. We're talking in the chat room about VB and Foster's and comparing it to um, Miller's and what's that other school you have over there? Um, oh, there's uh, Budweiser. Budweiser. Yeah. yeah. Do you yeah. get Budweiser okay, down there? We get Budweiser. A lot of the guys, a lot of the um, people that drink VB or Foster's think it's a boutique beer, but... <laughs> <laughs> not, good, not good beer. No, not good beer. Foster's isn't popular in Australia, is it? No, it's not. It's not at all. So tell me the um, the fosters you drink over in America is different to what we drink here, but it's probably, probably. still. Oh, water. okay. I think everybody just likes that cool big oil can. Yeah, and their commercials. Yeah, salad. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys? Do you get the same Fosters commercial as we get over here? You probably don't. No, huh? no. I haven't seen a Fosters commercial in about five years. Oh wow, them. they're great. Yeah. That's the only thing I like about Fosters is the size of the can and then the great commercials. <laughs> <laughs> what is the name? Uh, there's a there's a real popular one over there, like uh, Alexander or something. What's it called? What's the most popular brewery in Australia? Um, Carlton United Brewery. They make the VB and Fosters and Carlton oh. Draft. Okay, okay. It's not the one I was thinking of. It's some yeah. like royal name, but I can't I can't remember it. Oh well. How long you been home brewing, Oz? Sorry. How long you been home brewing? Um, on and off for about twenty years. Oh wow! Wow. Yeah, I started when I was. About 15 years old. Okay. Uh, brewing, sort of like the guys were saying last week about the prison and the prison stuff. Brewing some um, yeah. juice and uh, baker's yeast under the bed at home. Nice. <laughs> okay. Wow. And uh, do you have a career in brewing, or, or your business is something totally different? No, I've got a pizza shop. Oh, that's close. Yeah, I use beer in the marinades, but you do about as close as I get. Yeah. I had a beer crust pizza this weekend in Portland. A rogue makes it. It wasn't very good. Yeah, they're, they're, they're big here. They're big here now. One of the um, top pizza shops in Australia uses beer crust. So. Oh, okay. Hmm. I might try that. I love cooking with beer. Did I give you guys oh. my Guinness burger recipe last week? No. no. I don't remember. No, you try didn't. this out. Do you do a lot of barbecue in Australia there, Oz? On the barbie. Yeah, yeah. Of course I do, right? On the barbie. <laughs> On the barbie. Well, check this out. Uh, uh, and some of you may already know this. It's not like revolutionary or anything, but I tried it. I saw it on a, on a barbecue show. I, ev- basically, everything I cook, I cook with beer. 
I have awesome beer cooking recipes. And uh, when I make burgers, you know, I mix everything into the patty. So I don't pour barbecue sauce on top of the burger. When you're mixing up your meat, you pour it right in the meat and you make your patty. So it's already got the barbecue sauce. And I usually do that. You add some onions, some other things, Parmesan cheese, and you make your patties. Well, this time, instead of using barbecue sauce, I used a can of Guinness. And don't don't let any barbecue sauce ever touch your burger again. Just put in a, a, a like a bottle of Guinness and and mix it right into the patty. You're gonna have to throw an egg in there to hold it all together. Uh, but man, that was a damn good burger. Awesome Guinness you ever, burger. You ever made a squealer? No, we made squealers last week with the the bacon ground right into the beef. Oh, oh nice. Oh, that's good stuff. That's a good idea right there. Don't, don't See, even that sounds rare. A little leftover from <laughs> yeah. the morning. That's no, yeah, cured. The bacon's yeah. cured. All right, uh, so I'm going to send you a shirt. You just got to give me an email. Uh, it's on the just the contact on the front page there, and I'll send you your shirt. No worries. Thanks a lot. Cool. Thanks for the call. We'll talk to you soon. All right. See you, guys. Cheers, guys. Nice. I love it. That's takes sweet. A, takes the day off work. On the side of the world. It's beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. The Brewing Network's cool that way with uh, the other people. It's not, what do you only, got? It's not what only a different day. It's a whole different season. So the shirts are gone. What, what do you got, Danielle? Another question or something? No. <laughs> John, will you give Danielle the microphone, please? We have the answer to the other question. Oh, the five yeast stages, right? Uh-huh. So double IPA guy says the five yeast stages are lag, accelerating growth, exponential growth, decelerating growth, and stationary. Stationary. Oh, stationary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's work. the answer. Okay. There's your five stages. Arnie, you are now a better brewer having come on the Brewing Network. Yeah, it's all coming back to me. You know, it's been, <laughs> I've had a few hundred thousand beers since I got out of brewing you know, school. Uh, so right, we, right. we blew this. Because we, he could have used one of his lifelines. Yeah. He called his mom. Oh, oh right. Yeah. Actually, that would have been, that would have been perfect. <laughs> Mama. Mama. Yeah. yeah. She would have known too, right? She hasn't had nearly as many beers as I have in yeah. that time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Does your mom uh, brew great beer? Uh, she, she definitely helps out. It's, uh, it's more of me and my dad guiding the process, but okay. uh, she's, she's right there doing the important stuff. So was it pretty much like the proudest day of their life when you came home and said, hey, I'm, I'm now a professional brewer? Uh, you'd have to ask him that. I don't know. Yeah. It was either that or they're like, oh, man, what did what, we do? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, love, I love to tell the story. My parents' first date was in 1959 in Berkeley, and they homebrewed together. Really? And they used uh, Pabst Blue Ribbon Malt Extract and Flushman's Yeast that they got from the grocery store. Nice. So, did they say how the beer came out? Uh, they don't really remember, but I'm not sure it wasn't too special. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> how old? How old are you? Uh, turned forty last week. So no, you you weren't spawned from that beer, though. Not quite. <laughs> <laughs> Although that would have been got, cool. Got them thinking, though. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it was a good head start. Nice. What is the uh, uh your your best seller there at Marin Brewing Company? Uh, our flagship is the Mount Tam Pale Ale. It's okay. uh, probably forty percent of what we brew. Really? Yeah. Okay. Give us. Uh, can you give us a little description of that beer? Maybe some IBUs, some OG, anything? It's, uh, it's secrets. Kind of a classic yeah, West Coast uh, Pale Ale, good and hoppy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's let's see. It's about uh, probably forty to forty-five IBUs. Okay. I use a uh, Cascade, Tomahawk, and Amarillo hops. Nice. And uh, I use uh, Fawcett's English Crystal Malt, which I think makes a big difference. They have mm-hmm. the most flavorful uh, crystal malts, uh, specialty malts out there, and I really uh, okay. What's swear, swear by them. Uh, on that beer, I use their Pale Crystal, which is about 23 Lava Bond. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. What's That's your base malt? 
Uh, it's the Gambrinus uh, Pale Malt out of Canada. Okay. Heard a lot of good so. things about that malt. You need yeah. to try it. It yeah. is good stuff. Yeah. It's definitely it's come up on the show before. Does Grant use that? Uh, he uses both. He uses the faucets and the Gambrinus. Yes. Okay. I got a question. You said you use Amarillo in there. Um, I was talking to some guys this weekend in Portland, some brewers, that were telling me uh, Amarillo is a tough one to get, and you kind of got to reserve it ahead of time if you want to brew with it. You know, any time in the year. Yeah, there's uh, several varieties that are that they're short on. Okay. Uh, last couple of years, Amarillo's was is one of them. Simcoe is another, and they've been short on Centennials the last few years. Okay. But, uh, yeah, Amarillo sort of came about, and a few of us got a hold of them, and everybody decided they liked them. Yeah. And uh, they just haven't started growing enough of them yet, but I, each okay. year they're they're increasing the acreage, so hopefully okay. there'll be plenty for everybody here pretty soon. It's a good hop. I brewed uh, one of my best beers I've ever brewed I, I did with Amarillo, and then I had to switch it the next time I tried to brew the same beer because I couldn't get any Amarillo from the shop over there, mm-hmm. And uh, but it was, a, it was a damn good beer. Amarillo's a good hop. It's pretty versatile. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you can do, you can go from, from pails to IPAs. Uh, you can use it as a nice, um, it has a, it just has a really good aroma to it. So it's, uh, what I used it for was dry hopping and it was a great dry hop, um, hop to use. I got a, just a really good smell and flavor out of that. So if you can get a hold of it next year when it comes out or later this year, I guess. Yeah, in like October, I recommend November. Do a batch with it. That's good stuff. Yeah. And then how about the tomahawk? I've never used tomahawk in a, in a beer. What's that one like? Uh, well, it's another name for Columbus. If you've used Columbus, or okay. I think Zeus is also the same. Okay. The same hop. Uh, they're just uh, distributed by different companies, so they call them different names. One, okay. One gets a trademark on the name or something. Gotcha. It's a lot of aromatic, like aromatic hops. What's and, the alpha acid on that? Is it a high one? Tomahawk's very high. And, it is. And it's also very high in oils, and it's just very pungent. Okay. And you, it's your best uh, being fairly reserved using it. I use about maybe uh, one fourth of the. The hop uh, IBU total would be in the, with the tomahawks. Okay, just, uh, gotcha. just a little bit to accent the other, uh, the Cascade and the Amarillo. Okay, fair enough. Uh, what? How about another style that you guys brew? What do you like to brew the most over there? That uh, well, I should ask it. Uh, it's kind of two parts that you distribute. What do you like to brew the most over there? Well, uh, IPA is big. It's, okay, it's uh, it's similar hops, uh, it's similar brew, except it uses a good portion of Maris Otter malt, which is. Got some more flavor to it. Okay. Uh, gives you a little more maltiness to back up the extra hops you're putting in there. Gotcha. Um, and do you dry hop that one as well? Yeah. You yeah, do? both the pale and the IPA are dry hopped. Okay. With Cascade and Tomahawk and, okay. and the IPA. All right. Um, we had talked on the show about uh, hop backs a while a while back. Do you do any beers where you're doing a, a hop back technique? Um, we did one last year uh, called Hopsicle. When my, nice. Um uh, James Costa, the brewer over at Moylan's, uh, used to be my assistant, and this was the last beer we did there. And he actually just brewed this beer again last week, and it's in bottles coming out this week. Ah, okay. And uh, we used the mash tun as a hop back, and we put uh, a whole bale of, of fresh hops in there, and then we ran the wort through at the end, and it was uh, it was amazing. And all, all we've heard about it, you know, we've heard every week. Ten people saying, "When's that coming back?" Really? <laughs> yeah. Nice. So uh, now, now's the time to look for the Moylan's hopsicle out there. Okay, check out the hopsicle. How yeah, far do you guys idea. distribute your beer in this country or out of this country, for that matter? Uh, generally, we stick to California. Okay. We've, we've made a few shipments out of the state, but uh, and also, if you're looking for it in other states, uh, Whole Foods tends to ship our beer around from store to store. So I've seen 
like online ratings from all over the country. Most oh. people got it from uh, Whole Foods. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, Whole Foods is great for well all sorts of stuff, but their beer selection is usually is yeah. is pretty good. They they keep a nice variety. You get a lot of organic beers there too, really? which I'm yet to try. Uh, my brother was telling me about him. He's he's back east in New York, and he's tried a couple of organic beers that he said were great. But uh, how is a beer inorganic? Uh, well, to, if if they grow the hops, if they pesticides. use pesticides on any of the weed or or, or any of it, uh, then it's not organic okay. anymore. It has to, or or if it's fed um, any sort of uh, like growth hormones or right. anything like that, then it's not organic. Okay. Yeah. It's got to be blessed by the rabbi. Yeah. Kosher. They should make a kosher beer. <laughs> they should. Um, just a, a little note for for us, uh, Bug Eater Brewery. You know that the dude who sent us in his cream ale mm-hmm. rebrewed it. He's going to send it to us again. Oh, cool. So that was great. Right um, and I'll take this time to say to you guys at home: if you want to send in your beer and have uh, it was Wayne, uh, right? Uh, yeah, that was Wayne. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, if you want to send us in your beer, we'll try it on the air and give you a, a good and fair evaluation and uh, enjoy it while we're at it. And uh, both Dr. Scott and John have some. Uh, pretty high quality palettes over there, so uh, they're happy to take it and and maybe tell you what you did right and what you did wrong and and help you grow. So a couple people have done it. Crotchrot's done it. Wayne's done it. Sent us their stuff, and uh, it, it's it's fun to do on the show. So if you want to send it, um, just just shoot me an email. I'll give you the address over here, and uh, I'm on the contact at the at the at the homepage, and you can send us your beer. But I'm excited that Wayne's going to send us his stuff, so we can we can remember the last one and and taste it again. Yeah. That'll be cool. There's always room for improvement. Maybe just a little bit. Yeah. Maybe because uh, you know I taste my beer all the time, and yeah, so do I. I get a, it gets stale to me. You know, I, my palate gets stale on that. So I, you know, I lo- want to hear it from somebody else. Right. Just you know, this or that or the other thing. And yeah. And it's good because um, it's good to give it to somebody who knows what they're talking about because you know you give yeah. your home brew to your friends and they either say mmm or yuck yeah you know, or or they're, yeah, they're, just they're, they're not going to help you to make it better next time yeah. yeah so if you're into brewing one thing yeah your signature beer is your pale ale or something and you brew that a lot yeah then you, know, you want to give it to somebody that can help you make it even better the next time right absolutely and you can just just by tweaking it a little bit it could be a good high scoring beer but you know you could tweak it just right. a little bit more just by having somebody else's taste buds on it yeah absolutely it's not necessarily just beer faults with it too it could be just maybe fermentation temperature or little things yeah like me Cha- forgetting or, to wash my hands yeah <laughs> or it could be you know just or, or uh changing changing the grain bill a little bit using a different brand of crystal yeah something like that i think you even got uh crotch rot to stop using bleach too as yeah. a as a cleaner yeah. um or at least you gave him that advice anyway. Yeah, well, it, it could have been his water too. That uh, it could have been high chlorine in his tap water too. That yeah. he just didn't let it let it uh, evaporate out. Right, right. All right, Arnie, you were talking to us um, uh, at the break a little bit about beers that you brew over there that you don't distribute. Uh, you want to talk about some of those? You do any like specialty brews that are kind of under the counter? Well, we do um, we do a bunch of Belgian beers in the winter time when I have some extra time. I've done a uh, a double and a triple and uh, this year i got to do a size on oh nice which was a lot of fun what you um, ferment that at i fermented it at let me recall uh, 80 i think 80 degrees wow yeah 80 degrees yeah. and uh the deal with size on is that the, the yeast tends to crap out about uh mm-hmm. you know two-thirds of the way through the fermentation okay. and you really have to maintain that temperature so i was 
I had a hose spraying hot water over the fermenter for the last couple of days while it was finishing out. Wow. And uh, I got it got it to go from 1072 down to 1007 somehow, wow. which was, uh, which well is what I was looking for. Really? We had, a, we had a guy, a new member at our brew club meeting last Monday, uh-huh. and he brought in uh, Cezanne. We're going to ship that. And he uh, brewed it at 92. Wow. And it was just killer. Really? It was light, crisp. It was awesome. That was yeah. Cool. And I was just surprised that he said, yeah, it was 92. Yeah. You should just bring it over here and, and ferment it in the studio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Easily brew it 92. That should be her first beer. A Saison? A Saison. Yeah. Yeah. She's looking at you like you're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she does that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, please. <laughs> so uh, you guys like to do the Belgians over there for the winter then, huh? Did that, and then, yeah, uh, during the summer now I'm doing a Belgian blonde. With, oh, nice. Uh, with the Conakeith. It's really a, kind of a Pilsner done with the Conakeith to 76-degree fermentation, so it's got a little more, little more character. Um, okay. Now, why don't you distribute that kind of stuff? Is it tough to sell, or the owner's not interested, or you're not interested? Well, we we do distribute the the blonde and kegs, but uh, basically we have thirteen or fourteen brands in the bottle, and we're a little brew pub. Oh, gotcha. And it's a uh, it's just too many brands. We'd like to make more and more, but uh, right. it doesn't make sense from from getting it out there. Right. Thirteen or fourteen is a lot for a small yeah. pub, anyway. To have that many different kinds of, of beers going out. It is, but uh, you know we got to keep it interesting for myself and everybody who's coming to the pub. So, gotcha. How many different kinds of yeast do you use? Would um, you say in the brewery? I know a lot of breweries like to keep it down to a real minimum. For most of the beers, we use just the uh, just the English ale strain. It's uh, supposedly the Fuller strain. Okay. For most of our beers, uh, when I do brew a Belgian beer or a, a German beer, I'll bring in that yeast. Um, I use. I guess four different Belgian yeasts this year. Um, once in a while, I'll get a different English strain if I'm doing like an ESB or something. Or, but for the most part, I'd say 95% of our beer is uh, fermented with the same English strain. Wow. Hmm. I got a question from the chat room. Sorry, I just was reading it. Uh, how long? It's about your 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 Belgian that you you got to drop to 107. Mm-hmm. Was that as a Belgian, right? Saison, yeah. How long did it take uh, to ferment to to the ten seven? Uh, it was like ten or eleven days. It was pretty quick. Okay. I've heard of uh, a lot of other brewers really having trouble getting it to finish out and and having to use other yeasts and stuff. Right. And, uh, uh, for some reason, I was fortunate. I I think it's probably because I got a really good large number of cells in there. Okay. Plus um, your hot water trick there. That yeah, you got to keep it warm. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Okay. Um. What is the favorite uh, brew of yours that, that you guys are distributing? Um, overall, I probably stick with the uh, with the IPA for an everyday beer. Okay, I'm real happy with the barley wine in the last few years. I've I've uh, kind of refined it and I've brought it up to about 11. percent I boil it for four hours. Wow! So I and it takes me two days. It's probably a good 24 hours of actual work in the brewery to get one batch. Okay. Done. So I pour a lot into that one. So I'm kind and of. And how long are you aging that before you're distributing that barley wine? It's usually in the fermenter about uh, about five weeks, and then it goes in the bottle. Okay. And you can you'll you'll ship it right after that. Yeah, it's all it's pretty much gone within a week or two. Okay. Uh, did you use a still? I guess about that Belgian or the saison. Sorry. A still. For what? I don't know. It just says, "Did you use a still?" That's all Daniela gave me. 
<laughs> no, no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't have used <laughs> the still, right? No. Ask, no. ask it again. <laughs> yeah. Use different words. Ask it in German. No. <laughs> yeah. When you, make, when you make bad beer, you make a, you use the still to yeah, then you, yeah. get the alcohol out of it and throw gotcha. the rest away. <laughs> nice. You should get one, Jay. A still? Why? Because all the bad beer I brew? <laughs> That's true. I should. And I need a little more alcohol in my life, too, don't I? <laughs> Why don't we take a little break and grab some of uh, Marin's beer that uh, that Arnie was nice enough to bring and do some tasting and, and finish up our, our interview with Arnie. Let's do it. Cool. Okay. We are here with Arnie from Marin Brewing Company. I'll play a couple songs, and uh, we'll be right back. Are they still making fun of me in the chat room, Daniela? They're still calling me names? Really? I'm about to drink a beer, guys, so... Uh, what do you mean, no? I got it right here. I got a Marin. Uh, I'm, we're about to taste their... Uh, I'm tasting. Get out of here. Get your own. I'm trying the Heffy Doppelweizen from Marin Brewing Company. We're here with Arnie. He's hanging out. Nice enough to bring us some, some beer samples. And I'm looking at the bottom of this... <coughs> Oh, okay. There's probably a bunch of yeast in the bottom of the, uh, bottom of this thing here, huh? Arnie? Drink it. That'll kill your hangover. You know, everybody thinks there's a lot of yeast yeah. in there, but it's mostly uh, protein. Hazy. Danielle wants to try it. So. Did you? Uh, Not till I try it, because he won't give it back. That's okay. We'll give it a smell. I'm not a big, uh, first of all, I'm not a big, uh, Hefeweizen guy. You were actually talking about this on tap at your place sometimes. It gets everybody drunk and puking and fighting. Well, cause 8%. I get sick every, t- if, if I drink a lot of Hefeweizen, I've told you about this uh-huh. before, yeah. If I drink Hefeweizen like I drink ale, yeah. I'll puke every time. Every You're time. Something about the, the... Gluten intolerant. Is that what it is? Yeah, slightly probably. Mm, could be. But I can drink a few and I'll, I'll have this one. That's okay. Let's see. Well, did, Danielle to wants to help ha- you with that one. To get this haze effect on this beer, did you not do a research? Um, I did do a research. Yeah. Um, just no no kettle findings and it's good beer. Oh no um, finding. Okay. Yeah, it's actually it's more of a protein haze than a yeast haze. I think. Okay. Yeah. It's like eight percent, right? This one's about seven nine. We we try to keep it down seven five, but it, it uh, does get away from us once in a while. It doesn't taste strong though. It's really light, like a hefeweizen. Yeah, it's a it's a creeper. Everybody everybody that drinks this thinks uh, it's a uh, mellower than it is. All uh, right, but uh, creeps up on you and gets you. Mm-hmm. That's how you end up with the fights at the bar too, because you just you're drinking a bunch of beer, and before you know it, you're hammered. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> it didn't happen to me last night. <laughs> oh, really? I I think one of the ales I was drinking, the strong ale, was like 14% that I was drinking. And you got in a fight. Using a spoon with No, I don't think I got in a fight. If I did, I won because I'm not sore or anything today. <laughs> but I don't think I did get in a fight. No. I probably yelled at some people, but I didn't fight with them. Threw up on anybody? No, I did it at home. I got back to the hotel. I crashed, and I woke up shortly after and went and yuked. I don't know. Was, what it, was it a... Uh, Kind of thing where you thought it would be a good idea and self perpetuated that. You know, I don't know if I. It would have been subconscious. I really don't know. No, I don't it's one thing where you oh, I gotta go and you go to the bathroom and just barely make it hurl, or yeah. you just toss it and turn and go. I'm gonna purge. I think I actually my my brain or my stomach just woke me up right before I did yeah. it because I remember you know hitting the bed, passing out, and then basically opening my eyes and running to the bathroom was about mm. all that happened. And I spent a good fifteen minutes or so in there. So how's this wheat beer? 
Um, <laughs> Wait, this is interesting stuff here. This is good radio. Uh, you know, I, I want to talk about this part of it too, because there's two different ways to to puke. Okay, well, there's several different ways, but uh, there's either the really projectile and like like all of your body coming together yeah. into one fluid motion, and Contraction. that one, and that's the one that's the one that makes you make noise, right? Like that's one oh, where yeah. you, you're like ah, right? Uh, like you're grunting as you're doing it. And the problem with that one, although it's a it's a more it's a better uke because you really are purging yourself. So it's it's I I feel that it's a better and more efficient uke. It hurts your 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 vocal cords because <laughs> you're using them as you're pushing acid through them, right? Like well, and 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 I end up with this terrible throat after yeah. that. Whereas there's the light uke you could do where you don't make all that noise. It's not a big like convulsion. You just kind of that. Right, just kind of get it out, and it's real easy. That's the one I used to get all the time when I was drinking like real bad beer. You know, when I was uh, seventeen in high school, and we're buying you know natural light by the case, Mm -hmm. and we could basically drink it all night, go have a quick uke, and then come back and finish the rest of it, like the Romans. (laughs) Yeah, right. That one's real easy, and it doesn't hurt your throat. Uh, but uh, I didn't get that one. Last night I had the rough one. I had the noisy one, and I'm sure I woke up half the hotel with it too. Oh, it was bad. But come on, it was beer week in Oregon, so I'm yeah. sure I wasn't the only one you can last night. So right? that, yeah. did that cold tile feel good on your face? <laughs> felt nice. I stayed there a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what I'm talking about, Doc. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kind of hold the porcelain. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah but then like, you just, when, when you're done you can, and you don't even want to get out of the bathroom yet, you just kind of lay down on that cold tile. Yeah, I'm actually surprised I got out I like out the 12-inch square tiles because it's better for your face <laughs> than, than the small tiles. Yeah. Wake up with an indent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I think that I probably like pissed myself or something while I was at it because I uh, your your girlfriend right now is not yeah whatever because I, uh, I woke up at least with you weren't it. there to have to take care of him. exactly you should be thankful I I'm only guessing that I pissed myself because I know I went to bed with with my clothes on and I woke up with my clothes off. And I'm pretty sure that my roommate didn't have anything to do with that. Uh, so I, I don't know why I would have taken my clothes off unless I, like, pissed myself or something. Well, maybe you just felt hot and decided not to. Or you hurled on yourself and decided yeah. to take your clothes off. Maybe. That's, a, that's thinking, a good answer right there. I think right you have more self-control than that, Jay. <laughs> you think? Yeah, you, yeah. Yeah, you, I think you, you guys have, I think you guys have a little more faith in me than... <laughs> I, I hope so. I, yeah. I'm, I'm keeping the faith. Well, the bed was dry. I know that. Yeah, so if I did it, I did it while I was on the tile. Have you emptied your so, bags? Well, you probably yeah. did a little dribblage of the hurl. On that's that. probably what it was, just a little dribble, and I didn't mm. want to be bothered with it. It's best that way. Yeah. I'm a disgusting human being. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Say that six times a day. <laughs> I do. Okay. I do. Yeah. But I think it's important. At least I know it about myself. Come on, all you guys have been there. Yeah, John, I have. you're there a couple times a month. No, I'm not. <laughs> nah. Yes, you are, because you can't handle your beer. You're you're a four-beer queer, John. Yes. <laughs> a four-beer queer. You get four beers in John, and man, he's ready to party. Yeah, I am. It's true. But last time I, I yakked he gets about quiet, three years he gets ago. funny. He gets quiet and he gets this shitty and grin on yeah, his face. Yeah, I'm so happy. Like, yeah. He's just got this smile on his face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like right now. It's nice. We're going to have to put pictures of ourselves all over the site that are our sober pick and then next to it our drunk pick so that everyone knows the look. We should do a show. Like, all right, According to the chat room, it's the same for me. Yeah, for Dr. Scott, he's <laughs> just always stoned anyway. So, <laughs> you know, if, I, if I think you cursed him actually because like three shows ago you're like, are you stoned, Dr. Scott? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Well, it's because sometimes Doc has these really crazy ideas that it's what makes he's me wonder thinker. if he's stoned. He's a believer. But they're like, yeah, you're right, but he's he's like a science fiction guy. You're like talking about space travel and he's stuff. A, and an I'm answer. like, man, you must be stoned. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thread, a yeah. tangent. Yeah. How would you do a mash in outer space? Carefully. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
In a sealed, in a sealed vessel. Right. Control ferment, outer space. Wow, whatever. Uh, I don't know. It's I'll good to work on that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they grounded the uh, the the space program again. Did you see that? Yep. That yeah, shuttle still. Before I can work on it, I guess. Yeah, you're gonna have to. Well, at least you can develop the technology. Well, I just hope it wasn't any of the parts I made when I was a teenager. Yeah, I used to work in a uh, small job shop, and we made basically structural parts for the space shuttle back in the late. Did 70s. you really? Yep. Wow. I ran big machines. Cool. <laughs> You know, it scares me the amount of responsible jobs that you have, Doc. It really frightens me Very that you're a, that you're a doctor for one. Mm-hmm. Frightens me that you worked on the on stuff that that people rely on to get into space. That yeah. frightens and, me. And and uh, seven sixty seven parts. I think we made those too. Yeah. And I was a carny. Yeah. <laughs> Man, well, I'll tell you what. I was very, very nervous <laughs> when I went to my first, you know, dental experiment. You know, with yeah, me, yeah, with Doc. Oh yeah, I was, I was a little terrified. Because sure. oh, you knew me a lot. I had long. diarrhea that morning. <laughs> I, I didn't drink the night before. <laughs> but not before. in the chair. Yeah. No, yeah. I was a little shaky, little white, little well, flush. You, you knew me a lot longer as a brewer than you did as a dentist. Yeah, yeah. that's what's. Funny. But he did. Good. Oh, I partied that with and, you too. Yeah, I was, like, I was like, yeah. That's Whoa. it's the partying that that frightens me. And now yeah. that I know a little bit about your background, like I know that you 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 got through medical school like you know on beer basically yeah uh and i'm still probably going to send daniela to you to work on her teeth (laughs) beer and fun yeah (laughs) why not i Uh, I, you know it's like culling of the herd you get rid of those slow brain cells yeah let the rest of them run faster i think doc knows how to live yeah a very fulfilling life i think one of the first week shows um schumann he wanted to know if if you ever bring the nitrous home. I think was his question, <laughs> which I think is a is a is a, a common. Everybody wants to know that. Yeah, it's you know, a common. It's, it's next one of, it's question, one of those right? things that if it's around a lot, of course yeah. he just it's no big deal. Right. So it's just like eh. yeah. If I worked in a whorehouse, I probably wouldn't bring one of those home either. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you would. You never That's know. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't like uh, when you get to the office in the morning. You don't feel the need to take a quick shot of nitrous to wake you up. No, no, no. not at all. When you go to the dentist yourself, do you uh, do you use nitrous, or do you just do the Novocaine? Usually, just generally Novocaine. Yeah, and I usually end up going to sleep. Do you? Yeah, I just, if I'm laying in one place too long, I, I will go to sleep. As a dentist, do you you know do you tell the guy what to do? Yeah, when he's unfortunately, in there? you do, yeah. and, he, um, and he hates it, right? I, well, I had I have an associate, and her first day, yeah, I decided eh, I needed some work done. So her first day at my office. <laughs> I was her first patient. Oh man, and yeah, I, I like to drive the boat. <laughs> nice. Don't do that. Shut up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just telling me I can expect this, that, and this, and this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Shut up. Right. <laughs> so, can you bring some nitrous into the show? <laughs> <laughs> I can get right around to that. Yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't get much show done. I'll tell you. Yeah. Oh, that'd be scary, Jay. That's true. <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> I think we're scaring Arnie. You all right, Arnie? <laughs> yeah. I'm all good. You need a good yeah. dentist. Doc's pretty good. No, people, people have asked me, can you put nitrous in beer? <laughs> you can. Nitrogen. Nitrogen. Well, right. you can. Well, yeah, yeah. I could probably get nitrous oxide in there, too, but yeah. what's the point? Do you guys yeah. have any nitrogen beers over no, at uh, Marin? Uh, I, I did a dry stout last year. Okay. And, of course, people ask me if I put nitrous in it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the same thing, nitrogen and nitrous oxide. I had a double IPA from um, Hoptown a few years back that was on um, nitrogen. It was awesome. It yeah, was they, a really good yeah. beer. Because it, it got the same cascade, and it was a real creamy head, and I don't know how much of that has to do with the nitrogen. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And that, fill, that's, yeah. yeah, that's what it, Okay. I'll do that if I've gotten... No stout or no porter to put on my nitrogen. You'll do an IPA. And, and well, yeah, I just have, I'll have 
another keg of my pail or something, and I'll put that on the yeah. on the stout faucet. Gotcha. Nice and creamy. Nice and good. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the the hoppy beers on nitrogen, but no. Yeah, usually it's uh, a to each their own. Yeah, you true. speaking of hoppy beers, you brought us a double IPA too. I saw in the fridge. I got a double IPA. That's the the white knuckle. That's like <laughs> cra- crazy beer that yeah. uh, we can't make enough of. Really, people and just buy it up, huh? We I make a batch that's about six weeks in the fermenter. Mm-hmm. It gets bottled and it's all gone the next day. Oh wow! Wow! And it's a holy cow! It just takes so long, and I only make nine barrels at a time. And okay, it's a. It's just one that's in high demand that I that I'll never make enough of. <laughs> wow. Well, that's 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 a problem that's good to have, I think. Yeah. What are the IBUs sorry. on that? Oh, I don't know. It's crazy. It's, it's high, not huh? measurable. Probably it's up over 100 probably. Is it? Okay. We do all kinds of crazy stuff with that beer. It's uh I dry hop it twice and I rouse the hops for 2 weeks with CO2 from the bottom of the fermenter and um, That's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, it's it's pretty crazy. There's a lot of brewers out here on the West Coast doing these double IPAs, and they're all yeah. trying to outdo each other. Ah, uh, right. It's like Find some, <laughs> some technique to get more hops in the in the beer. Right. In fact, with the the hopsicle I was telling you about earlier, there's um, there's hop aroma, there's hop oils, there's hop tablets. It's <laughs> wow. it's like oil basically. It's hop oil in a, in a bottle. Really? Yeah. I like that. That's nice. Yeah, I, I vowed at one time not to get into the the big hop battle amongst the brewers, but uh, your game, I You're guess. Sucked I in guess I've got sucked in. <laughs> <laughs> it's I think it's fun. I think it's a good style to do because you get to do so many different techniques and to to sort of compete uh, of how to make a really hoppy beer without it just tasting like you're chewing on a hop. You know, you want it to be smooth and nice at the same time. So I'd get sucked into it. It's just kind of a fun beer, I think. Although it's a lot of work. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's uh, you know, it's just full of flavor. If you're if you're looking for something huge and something really flavorful in a beer, mm. how about any tips for the home brewer on how to get a really hoppy beer? Something they can do a tip that maybe they wouldn't normally think of. Hmm. I mean, like double, like you know, double dry hopping and then rousing it with the CO two. Yeah, I'm sure it would involve different different techniques, but getting those hops uh, instead of just sitting on the bottom of your fermenter after you dry hop, if you can find a way to. I would I would get the yeast off the beer first and then dry hop it and mm-hmm. so you're just dealing with the hops and then you could probably find a way to stir or rouse them up into the beer. Mm-hmm. Um, I found that uh, my second dry hop I do at 52 degrees and there and it seems to get something a little different out of it than it does at the regular uh, 68. Okay. So um, other than that, there's a lot of different uh, new products out there that the hop. Uh, distributors coming up with hop oils mm-hmm. um they have these aroma tablets that are like alka seltzer these days you just plop plop fizz fizz in your keg and gotcha and uh and they're they're pretty nice actually they give a pretty true uh hop aroma hop flavor uh we're all just starting to experiment with some of these things okay but uh nice i had hop candy this weekend it was uh, uh the guy was he was helping out the guys at hop union and he makes uh he made he started just by making rock candy at home for his kids and stuff and 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 the cousins and all that and uh he had a uh a vial of of hop oil and he had half of it left he'd use the other half for something else i don't remember what and he said hey maybe it'll be fun to just try to make the candy so he poured the and he's got he had like four different kinds he had cascade he had fuggles uh i think he had willamette and he just took the hop oil and poured it into the rock candy and um and and now he sells it or gives it away or how something. W- how was it? Uh, 
<laughs> you know what I right? you know what I do with those hop oil vials is you take them to the ballpark and you dump them in your Budweiser and ah. makes a whole, whole different beer there. That's nice, a great idea. So yeah. then you can buy the at least semi cheaper beer at the park and For make six it bucks, and turn it into good beer. Budweiser. Do you really do that? That's a great idea. <laughs> it was the old days when you couldn't get any craft brew at the ballpark. Right, right. I was just uh, there Friday night. Actually, had a black and tan. Giants or Oakland? Oakland. Oakland. Had a black and tan. Yeah, Oakland uh, Oakland Stadium here where the A's play um, has, I think, the best beer selection in, yeah, in the good. whole country as far as stadiums go. I, I saw an article about it because they welcome in the brew. It was pretty stuff. good. I had that. I had a pail. I had a lot of different things. They're cheaper, too, aren't um, they? Yeah. Like hot dogs, two bucks or something. I had a summer fest I couldn't finish. It was just like. The Sierra Nevada? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? The Sierra Nevada summer fest, they, they brought that up to the, to the Portland festival and it ran out like by yesterday it was all gone. And I was really disappointed at that. I was like, man, I thought you guys were beer people. And, uh, they went crazy for just the Sierra Nevada summer fest, which I'm not saying is, is, you know, was I, it how hot I, was it? I couldn't finish it. It was it's just was so bad? much diacetyl. I just couldn't finish uh, it. Maybe I got a, maybe it was a you're pretty keg sensitive to it. Yeah, and I put it down and went and got another beer. <laughs> nice. I got a question for you from the chat room, Doc. And uh, <laughs> send <there's> nitrous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so someone wants you to send the nitrous. Uh, actually, it's a general question. Just uh, it says, tell us something about servomyces about using servomyces. Uh, something in general, or just yeah, give us something general about using it. Basically, what it is is the way to get uh, the yeast nutrient zinc in into the beer. Okay. So what they've done is they they've propagated a yeast that uh, has a lot of yeast, a lot of zinc in it, okay. and then they kill it, and so you've got all the nutrients that come from the dead yeast guys, and a lot of zinc that goes into it. And it started out as it was a way to get around the Reinheitsgebot because uh. they can put yeast in it, but they can't put any of, and you can't put zinc into the beer. So what they used to do was use a mash paddle that was made of zinc. Okay. And it would just every couple of months they need a new mash paddle because gotcha. the zinc the zinc really needs to use that. And they had to actually brew beer with it. And they did, and uh, the guy said it makes kind of crappy beer, but it was beer, so they okayed it. Okay. So now they use it as a yeast nutrient, and it really does help uh, start the fermentations. Okay. I went to a lecture on it. Oh, you did? Yeah, from, oh, okay. from the guys, from the Servomyces guys. Okay, gotcha. I know, I know a couple of brewers that actually go and, and take a pitcher and take a pitcher of fresh yeast off the bottom of their fermenter and just throw it in at the beginning of the boil. And the, the mm-hmm. heat will obviously kill it and, and pretty much provide a similar thing. Yeah. Huh. Gotcha. And so that, that's basically what it is. It's a special one that actually has, they did, showed us graphs and things and uh, different yeast strains and what has more of this and more of that. Okay. Uh, but it's basically it's to get more zinc. Okay. That's, that's the, the one. I'll generally use it in later generations, eighth, ninth, tenth, mm-hmm. when my yeast is starting to, you know, when it might be having some problems before. Yeah. Do you, do you acid wash it? or just no, uh, scoop from the good stuff? No, I just I run ten generations and then start with a fresh okay. uh, slurry. Hmm. So does you do you find that your beer you know changes each year that you're you're you know if I buy your pale ale next year it's not going to be the, quite the same as it was this year? Absolutely, I think uh, I look at it as uh, as evolution. Mm-hmm. As the beer evolves. You're always trying to find ways to make it better. If you're if you're not, it's probably getting worse. Okay. So uh, <laughs> it, it takes a lot to keep it consistent too. Yeah. And when you're a professional brewer like Arnie is. 
you're either going to go one way or the other. You're going to try to keep it consistent like the Budweiser guys, and they spend yeah. a lot of money doing it, yeah. or you just that's the way it is. Because yeah. all the every year the crop is different, the hop crop, the grain crop, everything's different. The yeast is going to be a little different. Right. Um, and I, I I would rather have them just to brew it like it should be brewed, and right. that's uh, whatever it turns out. Just a better beer every time. Well, in in wine, you know, it's 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 expected and it's entirely acceptable for it to change each year and, and mm-hmm. people like to talk about which year was a better year. Yeah. But in beer, uh when people are buying, you know, their favorite craft brew, they want it to taste like it did the first time they bought it in general. And that's definitely I think a problem you have to face as a as a professional brewer, but I I guess you're right, Dr. Scott, is is you do have a choice. You can either embrace that Right. Or you can kind of say, you know what, I don't, I don't need to do that. My beer is going to change. If you, if you want the same beer, don't buy mine. As a home brewer, I would definitely embrace that. Yeah, makes so, you a better brewer. Yeah. Oh, and I know Rogue, they purposely change the beer. They change the recipe. Okay, just every year, not just try to do the same recipe and have it come out different yeah. or better. They actually change it. <laughs> not every one of them, but a lot of the certain ones that they do it with. Okay. In talking to a few of the guys, uh, the brewers um, at the festival this weekend too. Um, I got a new respect for for the big guys like Budweiser, um, and and I had known you know things like this about them anyway. But what we were talking about was this consistency deal, and you know we make a lot of fun of the big guys here on the show, and and we're always calling the beer swill, and and well for that matter, so is the rest of the world calling yeah. American beer swill, yeah. um, and 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 there's a reason for that. But what it what is you know noteworthy and actually pretty incredible is for a company like Budweiser to brew that amount of beer year after year after year and for it to be as consistent as it is just from a brewing standpoint and the techniques of brewing that beer over and over there's a lot of respect in the craft brew industry and talking to these guys that they have for those guys able to do that and you know it's not that they're brewing everyone's favorite beer um, it's just that their process is pretty amazing you know and and I couldn't even fathom being able to do that. I mean, that is such an exacting science at that point that uh, it is you know way beyond anything I want to well, do. Well, their ingredients. I'm, I mean, they have to be consistent year round too. Um, well, they've got some. Imagine that they've got lab guys testing all that stuff. They've exactly. got lab guys for the yeast. Uh, they've got guys that are testing each vat so they know how much of one to mix with the other one. Right. And that's the point in in how amazing it is that they're so consistent because the ingredients do change. They change mm-hmm. every year. The hops that they get change, the grains change, mm-hmm. and 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 Doc's right. They have to have these scientists in there and figure out how are we going to adjust it this time right. to make it taste just like last time when the ingredients are different. It's a lot of time, money, and effort to get it that way. Yeah. And if that's what you want to do, either you do that or right. you go the other route. Right. But definitely, like I said, from a science perspective and a brewing process per- perspective, it's very impressive. It's really impressive that they're, that they're able to do that. I think that Chad Room has a really good point to that because, uh, as you guys are saying, it's very it's to appreciate that they're consistent and th- that it takes a lot of effort. But a chat room actually thinks consistency might be overrated. What is the, you know, what is the point in being consistent if it's not the best beer in the world? So do you really want to be consistent with beer, and why would you be consistent? Let's put it it's one, always there's always room for improvement, isn't there? It's, this yeah. is for one thing, yeah. money. Yeah. And uh, the people that buy that beer, and the reason it's number one beer is because more people buy that beer. And the people that buy that kind of beer buy it because they 
Bubba wants his beer to taste exactly like that every time. He doesn't understand that it's a natural product. He doesn't understand how it's made or that things change every year hmm. with the, all the, the crop quality and everything else. And if it doesn't taste the same, he's going to think it's just like they've changed the Coke recipe. Yeah. You know, they, they changed the recipe on him and I'm not going to drink that anymore. Yeah. And that's what they're afraid of. And that's, that's their whole consumer attitude is to keep the same thing every time because that guy thinks Budweiser just comes out of a spigot. Right. And it, it's something they mix with this and that and it's always going to come out the same if you use the same recipe. Right. And that's why the most people buy that. It's all about money. Yeah. Although, uh, although you know, they are sort of right in the chat room too. It, it is all about money, but what's the point in being consistent if you're just consistently bad? Which is <laughs> well, really kind of what it is. Did, any, <laughs> did anybody see right. that movie a few years ago called Big Night? No. It's about two brothers and they owned an uh, Italian restaurant. Okay. One brother was kind of the the money guy, the manager guy, and the other guy was the chef. Mm-hmm. And they had the two differing things. One's point was if we don't uh, make really great stuff, what's the point? Mm-hmm. And so he would make all this stuff, but they had no customers because all the customers wanted spaghetti and meatballs or whatever. Gotcha. And the other brother says, well, you're not going to be able to make all this stuff if you want, if we don't serve the masses and get some people in here. We're right. going to go out of business. Yeah. And it was that going back and forth for the whole show. And gotcha. so finally at the end of the movie, each one saw the other one's point. Okay. And that's that's definitely the point in the in the brew that like mm-hmm. Budweiser is not who they are because they didn't figure out that they needed people to consume mass amounts of Budweiser, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. and and they basically succeeded with that. Oh, they the can years. they can make good beer. Uh, a couple of years back, they made a beer called Pacific Ridge. Mm-hmm. Looked looked tasted same bottles as Sierra Nevada. Okay. In fact, they they had it placed right next to the Sierra Nevada, and I it was about fifty, bu- like fifty cents less a six pack. Uh huh. And right right next to it, and damn, it was pretty good. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's just an experiment. It was out for a little while, and it was pretty decent. So you know they can do it. I tried one of theirs about a year ago. That was they were marketing as a collaboration of the world's best brewers, and and. Basically, they they touted that they had some German brewers, they had the Budweiser guys, and uh, and a couple other people get together and brew this beer, and it was some I forget what they call it, world class something. It was horrible. <laughs> oh man, too many too many chefs in the kitchen. Yeah, it was. You know what? And it was like drinking. It, it tasted like pepper. It was like drinking pepper. Yeah, th- their idea of craft brew is a bit watered down because they just, they don't. Uh, you know they're. They want it to be accessible still, even though they're they're brewing. That's yeah. what these big brewers are used to. You know, yeah. they're, they're they're not going to make anything real bitter. They're not going to make anything that pushes any boundaries. Right, and so. they can't. It's not in their business. It, it's not in you know their their drinkers aren't going to go for it. And it's certainly if they did, we're not all going to switch over and start buying Budweiser craft brew just because they did that. So yeah. it's kind of their place. It's really yeah. hard to convert someone to. Yeah, you know, ten years of drinking with this. Lighter beer and going to a craft brew like this body and this flavor. Yeah. It's kind of overwhelming. I had an older guy tell me once, uh, I, I was always just bringing craft brew by. He's a friend of my folks and, uh, every time I'd go there for Thanksgiving or whatever, I'd be drinking a different kind of beer. And, uh, what he said to me was, yeah, you know, I can see you drinking that now, but as you get older, you're going to go right back to the, to the Budweiser's and the Coors Lights. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking just the opposite. As I drink more beer and as my palate grows, it's it's the same with my food palate. You know, whereas, you know, like uh, 
mild cheddar used to be a, a bit of a rough cheese for me. And now I'm like, <laughs> man, if it doesn't smell like my feet, I don't want to eat it. <laughs> Give me some nice stinky cheese. And the, it's going the same way with beer. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have drank a, a barley wine three years ago, but now I, I like a good barley wine tasting, you know. So I just think the old guy was wrong. That's what I'm saying. Rub it in his face. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I like to tell people is uh, I, I can only make the beer that I like to drink and then hope that you will like it too. Yeah. And it's probably what these guys, their, their approach as well. And, you know, they're used to drinking their, their Budweiser, their, their domestic beer. And so right. they have a, a bigger challenge making something that's going to appeal to a craft brew yeah. uh, lover. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, a couple questions back to the yeast nutrient that came through the chat room. Um, what's in the yeast nutrient? You said it's zinc, right? That's what we were talking about? No, basically dead what servomyces is yeast. It's is dead yeast. yeast. Okay. And it's a yeast that has a lot of zinc in it. Okay. And when it when the cells break down, it, it gives off all the you know the cell membrane molecules and a lot of other things that were in the yeast. Uh, and your yeast starter will start to gather that stuff up, so it will build a bigger starter. Okay. It's just for the health of the yeast. Okay. And the yeast needs zinc, not tons of it, but it needs a good trace amount, and it's hard to get in there a okay. lot of times. So it's just basically something else for the healthier yeast. That's what the Cervomyces is. Okay. There's other things and other kinds of yeast nutrients, yeast hulls and uh, uh, what's the other one, uh, ammonium diphosphate, mm-hmm. things like that. Okay. It's always a good idea to put a little pinch of something, some kind of yeast nutrient in your starter. Okay. There's Ferment K now too. Ferment K works really well. For higher, higher gravity. Higher gravity. And all of these things, the Cervomyces included, um, this pertains to the, a question. You're, you're putting it in your starter, not in the boil. Can you put you, it in the boil? Yeah, that's what Cervomyces you're supposed to put in the last okay. 20 minutes of your boil. That was the question, is when do when to add it to the boil and does it really help is the question. Yes, it does. You'll, you'll watch your ferment go through the roof. It's, okay. It really does help. The last 20 minutes of the boil. last 20 minutes of the boil, I throw, you can throw the whole capsule. And I like to empty the little capsules and then throw them in there, open them up and throw them in there. Okay. And I have got through, chilled the wart, and then looked down at three little, three little capsules sitting there on, on my bench. Uh, no! Yeah. So I have put them in the, into the fermenter okay. before, and it does work, too. Mm-hmm. Do you always try, then, to add some sort of nu- yes. a yeast nutrient? Yes, you do. I do. All the time. Okay. One way or another. You see... A lot of, especially in my yeast starters. Okay. How about you, Arnie? Are you doing nutrients every time also? Uh, no, generally I just use the Cervomyces, uh, in the later generations in my, in the brew pub. Okay. Uh, just to revitalize yeah, in case it's Yeah, just weak. when it starts to get sluggish or, you know, yeah. just in case it, it will start to get sluggish. Okay. Uh, how about this question? Uh, does boiling up some dried yeast in the kettle make for a good yeast food? Sure. Uh, I, that's kind of what I just talked about, yeah. Is, yeah. is throwing some yeast in right in the kettle. Same and it thing. does a similar what, thing, yeah. yeah he, Arnie was just saying how he just takes a scoop of yeast and throws it in the last few minutes right of the boil. Right in the kettle. Because there are, when the yeast breaks down, it gives off a lot of amino acids and things, and it will have a reuptake of the new yeast. Okay. All right. I think that clears the question list from the chat room. Yeah, Daniela, it's fine. Cool. Thank you, Daniela. Okay, let's wrap it up. It's late. I'm still hungover, and uh, you enough beer. I should probably start drinking, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we got we got other beers to try. Yeah, we do. Uh, Arnie brought us a few. Uh, Arnie, I really appreciate you coming in from uh, Marin Brewing Company. Yeah, thanks. And uh, are you sticking around there for a while? Are you going to open up your own brewery or what? Uh, I got ideas. But, do you? Uh, we'll we'll see. Okay. You know. In the meantime, uh, you're going to stick around there and keep brewing some good beer. Um, 
Like oh. Arnie said, you might be able to find it at a Whole Foods. If you got a Whole Foods in your area, give a look. Um, uh, you won't miss it. They got a nice label. Um, there's a, a swan on this one, right? Is that your, is that always an, on it? It's an egret, actually. Yes. And, all right. But yes, on, they're on all our labels. Yes. Okay. Uh, so 14 different beers you could get from them. They got all kinds of uh, good stuff. So check it out. Uh, Arnie from Marin Brewing Company. Uh, you, you got a website too? MarinBrewing.com. There you go. Yeah. Check them out at MarinBrewing.com. And you got the brew pub right there in, um, it's not, is it Marin or it's, um. It's in Larkspur Landing in Larkspur. Larkspur. And okay. if you come to the San Francisco Bay Area, you can find it in a lot of places. Yeah, yeah. I've definitely seen it all over. You guys, uh, I would consider. Very popular. Yeah, one of the big guys around here. You know, for a little guy, it's a very big yeah, guy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So thanks for your time, and uh, we'll be sending out your shirts. Some people are going to be wearing Marin stuff in Australia. How about that? Awesome, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Oz. Thank you all for having me. Cool. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, we got uh, the next month of shows is awesome, John. Well, let's talk about next week. Okay. We got uh, Colin from Downtown Joe's. Mm-hmm. That's coming in. And then next we have week. Right. Chris Graham from B3. Who's Both coming in. Yeah. Both coming in. He uh, just got back today. from the Siebel Institute. Yeah, he, was, he was teaching at the Siebel Institute in really? Durango, and right. he said it was an awesome class this year. Uh, everybody was really up on really wanting to brew. Mm-hmm. I think they had 30 students or something. Yeah. Uh, Randy Mosher there. Nice. So he's got some cool things to say about that. Okay. He said he learned a lot, okay. teaching a lot, Yeah. and it uh, be good to share it with he's us. He's also part of the Brewers Association, okay. the, gr- the governing committee there. So Wow. All right, so we're going to have some good info next week. And then the week after that's uh, Vinny. Vinny Chilurzo, right. You know, man, the way that guy's name gets tossed around in brewing right now is unbelievable. Yeah. Like, nine out of the ten people I talk to there, if I, if I, in the interviews, and you'll hear it too, uh, if I asked him questions about, hey, who, what's a good beer up here? What, what are you liking to drink right now? Nine out of ten are all mentioned in Vinny's name. Like yeah. the guys he's, like, he's cutting edge. Yeah, That's what's is. cool. Yeah, when I when I don't know something, I call Vinny. Is that right? <laughs> he's like the guy right now, man. Yeah. So uh, he'll we'll be do in. like a five hour show with him. Yeah, I have a feeling it's going to well, be a long one. I'm not going to be here next week. I'm going to be on vacation. That's but, what I was going to ask. But is I'm going to be week? yeah, and I'm but for the Vinny show, yeah, I kind of curtailed the the vacation a little bit. <laughs> So um, nice. I'm going to be speeding down the highway, dop- right. dumping the family off, and I'll, I'll be here. Where so. are you for next week's show, Doc? I'm going to be going to Portland. Uh, I'm going to uh. take, take the family in an RV and cruise yeah. up to Portland. i got some friends in Portland. Okay. And then go camp on the coast for a while. Will you give us a call? Will you call in for five minutes? I can do that. I'd like a little update on your Portland trip. Okay. I'd like to make fun of you over the phone, not just in the studio. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> All right. Do I get to use the 800 number? Yeah, yeah. you can use it, you cheap bastard. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I'm supposed to really in an accent. No, like no. You're American. Okay, I'm being told to say things, <laughs> and this time it's not cock cheese lambic. <laughs> I'm supposed to say, but uh, I don't know. I thought they don't they want you to say it. You're the one with the they with want the. They want yeah, to, they always want to say I'm so like excited. Yeah, I'm so one. excited. <laughs> Everybody wants Daniela to say things into there. Say something. Say goodbye at least. Oh, I want to say goodbye and I want to say thank you for calling Justin names like <laughs> pussy and sissy and now they just called you bastard and pig. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> because I told them that you would name me cow and they want me to string you up and stuff. <laughs> so I really appreciate the support from a chat room and I had a lot of fun tonight, especially with the question if Dr. Scott was stoned. <laughs> thank you so much, guys. It was a good show, Mellow, but really good. I had a good time. All right. Cool. Thanks. I don't know if I like you in the chat room anymore. 
That's all I think it's perfect. Because it's all against you, man. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome, you need actually. It. I think it's really funny. It keeps you in check. <laughs> I'd rather you guys call in and do it. Just tell me on the air. I think that'd be funny. If you want to call me names, call me. I could tell you. <laughs> that'd be funny. It's not as fun when you do it. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want people that uh, that I don't know doing it. Then yeah. it's... Uh, Knocks down my self-esteem and have to work to build it back up. It makes you better. <laughs> yeah, it makes me a better person. Just just measure your belly again. <laughs> we did. I, oh, that's right. <laughs> that's a good measurement. At? I'm still at 39. So You're good. I probably was up at, a, I'm guessing, at about 41. You've plateaued. But then I uked last night and I went yeah. back down to a 39. Yeah, yeah I might pla- have. You, you might have plateaued. We're going to have to work on that. Yeah, I'm going to have to. Don't Over worry. Yeah, don't worry. I'll work on it. Uh, by next week, maybe I can get you up to a 40 or something. I'm not going to be able to fit into my clothes anymore. Don't do it. I'm supposed to say g'day, mate. That's what I'm supposed to say. Oh, g'day, mate. Room. G'day. And we appreciate you guys tuning in and, and you know, being lazy and taking off a day of work is great, too. And uh, you should be drinking by now because now it's after 12. So, Oz, uh, you know, serve yourself up one. It's on me. I'll buy it for you. There you go. And uh, your shirt will be in the mail. We have to sign it. We gotta sign him, yeah. He wants us to sign. Those I gotta go buy a, it's a black shirt you're getting, so, um, I gotta go buy a, a pen that'll write on it, and then we'll sign it and send it out to you. Uh, and then you gotta wear it proudly for Arnie. So, I might make Arnie ship it so we don't have to pay for the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the shirt, ship it your damn self. <laughs> Post, no, yeah, shipping's we'll extra. Yeah, we'll take care of it. Free, of course. Sh- free shirt, but it'll cost you 28 yeah. bucks to get it. Did Oz win something for us before? We, I shipped something else to Australia, I just don't know if it was Oz or not. I don't. I can't remember. Uh, you haven't <laughs> given me last week's yet. Yeah, I know. I looked. Actually, I gotta find that guy's information. Oh, okay. Yeah, you if you're suck. out there, uh, I have it. Don't worry, it's coming. What do we? What did he? Justin at thebrewingnetwork.com. If you want to email your <laughs> info back. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. I'd like him to get like fifty of them. What did he win? What are we supposed to ship? Uh, I think a, a shirt, right? Shirt or a gift certificate. Or bo- oh no, it's uh, he won both, right? It's both. We're supposed to ship yeah. both. That's from two weeks ago, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's why we can't remember. <laughs> All right, it's coming. I'm sorry, that's my fault. It's not John's Slacker. fault this time. Call him something in the chat room again. Call me some more names in the chat room. (laughs) All right, so next week's going to be a good show. The whole next month, we got a a lot of people. I got Triple Rock Brewery coming in. Um, Firestone. Firestone's coming in. I talked to Matt from Firestone up at the festival, too. Yeah. Is he confirmed? He's he's confirmed. He's coming. Is he coming up here to the studio? uh, Yeah. Yeah, he's driving up here from uh, San Marcos or something. You know uh, where they're at? Paso Robles. Yeah, there you go. Off yeah. the one-on-one. Yeah, he's cool. I told, I even told him, I said, you know what, I, I could do a phone interview, but I don't want to. <laughs> so he said, that's fine, I'll drive up Can there. Can he bring some cock cheese so lambic? Cool. Yeah, yeah, I think he might. <laughs> he's a yeast guy. We should talk more yeast with him. Okay, we can do that. He's, he's young, he's dude. A, he's a hop guy. He's a hop chemist. Oh, he, he is? hops with him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, hop chemistry. How old? He's really young, too, isn't he? He looks young, anyway. I mean, he's just aging well. Yeah. He's like a good barley I'm wine. aging well. No, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so, let's, let's hit Arnie up. How many how many of your buddies can you get to come over? Yeah. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. It depends on if he had a good time or not. Arnie yeah. happened to come to the Hangover show, so you got the Mellow show, Arnie. But uh, we'll bring you back uh, for like the the Speed show or something. I don't know. Something, uh, <laughs> <laughs> more exciting than that. I think than the, the, I think the Mellow show is probably appropriate. For w- me, was so. it your Speed today? Okay. I'll, I'll send you in some people for the Speed show. Though. All right. Cool. <laughs> cool. Um, and then I, I also I took a bunch of pictures at the Portland Fest. If I ever get a website, I'll put them on there for you. I'm it's working got on some it. bugs. I'm going to... Okay. Say that. It's like a whole infestation. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, so I got pictures Damn of the festival. I got this archive, uh, two days of interviews that I did with just a bunch of cool people. So I'll edit that, put it in there. Um, some of it's drunk, some of it's sober, but it's all good. So I'll, I'll put that in there. Lots of good stuff coming in the next couple months. So 
Hang in there with us, and um, you all know what time it is now, right? i got to play the, the good stuff. Right. I, there was a bunch of posts in the forum uh, about the homebrew this song. week about the homebrew song. Everybody loves it. i got to contact that guy again and, and get him on the on the show. Yes. He basically said, I'm busy, but if everyone likes it, I could maybe do a call-in or something. And I, everyone loves it. People love this song. So uh, you'll love it, too. Arnie, you're not going to be able to get this out of your head. You might want to take your headphones off now because you'll be singing this for days. Also, right? be cool if everybody... Who listens if they could update their profiles so we know where they're from? Oh yeah, I saw that. You, John wants to know, wants to stalk you. So I uh, do. Put where you're from, your city, your state, all that kind of stuff in the forum. We could profile you guys. Yeah, we like to do that. Um, what, John? I just want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, there's some secrets here. What, John? I just want to know where they live. All right, <laughs> <laughs> I know where you live. You're a weird guy sometimes, John. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, so tune in next week, and uh, like I said, the whole upcoming month is uh, action-packed. Lots of guests coming in, so we'll see you soon. Pale Ale is a friend of mine. Pale Ale is a friend of mine, and that's should like a good body wine. Chocolate porter, cherry stout, don't you know what I am talking about? Don't you give me that American crude, boy, the water real homebrew. Don't you really love it? Homebrew can't get enough of it. Homebrew, it blows my mind. I love homebrew all the time. Yeah, I think I have me. Well, I have the one right now.
to cheer it down. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. But don't you give me that American cruise, boys. I want a real home cruise. Home cruise, don't you really love that home cruise? Can't get enough of it. Home cruise blows my mind. I love home brew all the time. Yeah, I think I have that. 